Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Ruse Radio. We're back at it again. <laughs> Crazy. Cannot believe it's going on, but it's happening, guys. Who's with me today? Crazy guest we got here. Who is it? My name is Sestels. All right. Uh, artist from Flint and uh, local from Flint, Michigan. And, and a fellow neighbor that I just found out. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty rad. We met at a t- <laughs> Tenacity Brewing, which is a beautiful place. We'll hear more about that pretty soon here in the podcast. But there we met each other, and it was unbeknownst to us that we live within a half mile of one another. Yeah. We just realized this after probably about like five months. I was like, being- who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> Standing on the fireplace, being all cool with his rap songs and shit like that. That was your first impression. I was like, "This motherfucker rules." That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. I was like, "All right, man, I see you." (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know, uh, I performed at Tenacity Brewing at an open mic. That was when Seth. I was working. I was just coming out to serve beers, and uh, and I seen this dude up on. Our fireplace just dropping knowledge. I was like, yo, that's dope. Thank you. Bam. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And tell the people about your music a little bit if they don't, if they, because they probably, if they're watching this, they may have never heard it. Yep. What, how would you describe it? Um, it's mostly nowadays. It's basically uh, alternative. I'm, I'm like super obsessed with like early electronica yeah. type stuff. Um, very, very into like the, uh, matriarchs, especially of the electronica movement, uh, the very beginning of it, like the 50s t- to the 70s, like Kraftwerk and a bunch of really obscure, weird ladies that made mo- like made the craziest, weirdest stuff. So I've been like really super into electronica music, but uh, my roots are like hip hop and stuff like that. So there's always kind of going to be an element of that. Uh, um, Hip hop kind of feel, yeah. It's like, and a, is that, so it's like, like in electronica the... indie hip hop, interesting kind of. Stuff. I feel like indie and hip hop have kind of come together a yeah, lot, yeah, yeah, recently too. Like in like a not uh, over pretentious way, yeah. Know? Like a more of a just like, you know trying to keep the balance between all three of them, give people what they want. How would how does one what keep I the want. balance? Like where what uh are you, what are you drawing from hip hop and what are you drawing from indie and like yeah, what I mean, what are the like, different things that what are the different elements you think that like you're pulling? Ninety percent of the time, I wonder to myself. Like I was just thinking about this to uh, actually yesterday. I was like, yo, like why the fudge am I making music? Like why do I make music and like I'm like not really trying to like become famous or anything like that. I don't even know if I could go on tour. I don't know how that would be. I don't know how, how it would be to even be fa- I think it'd be so weird to fucking be famous. Uh, I think you're overthinking it, though. I like, mean, maybe If you're making I am, music, you're making music. It's but simple as that. I, I will never not make music. It makes exactly. me happy. And so I you're thinking the about like, the process. end goal, then, is what you're um, saying. And, yeah, it's, so, I, so I've been less wrapped up in that uh, so much in my life, like the whole idea of... Because when, when I was younger, it was always like, oh, I want to get signed, dude. That's like the ultimate thing. Oh. Like, some validation in this cool stuff I'm doing and, and like make money as being a musician. Well, I think the veil um, has been lifted over that whole ruse, if I might yes. say. <laughs> Just because yeah. 
I feel like it used to be the thing where that was the thing that, that every was, artist wanted to yeah. do. And then nowadays, everybody kind of knows, like, a lot of those contracts just aren't like kind exactly... It's a a racket almost. And it might, kind of throws you into this thing where, like, everything loses its meaning. Yes. Like, so, imagine someone telling you you have to make five albums within yeah. six years. And then... And then the way the contract works, you're not even going to make that much money yeah, off of it. Yeah, and then you're borrowing money, and then, like, you give them an album and they're like this album fucking sucks and yeah you put like your heart and soul into it and you love it yeah. like i wouldn't be able to do that or be like you gotta play i don't know man and they're giving um, you pressure too where it's so like i respect people who are famous man and and shit but i i really don't want to uh do that anymore so i feel like uh, my whole thing has changed to just um taking the things that i really love about music whether it's de la soul uh, most deaf, uh, Aesop Rock, um, all, everything from hip hop, like all the cool fucking old break beats and shit like that, um, Massive Attack, Portishead, um, all those bands that just, just are rad people, like rad bands, and trying to... Uh, steal from them like an artist. <laughs> I think a lot of the creative process is stealing, whether we can yeah. admit it or not, though. Yeah, I just got done reading a book called Steal Like an Artist, and it's like the whole thing is... It's not like... There's a way to do it. Uh, you, 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 in, you get inspired by artists, uh, and then you take some of their inspiration and you make it your own. There's a difference between stealing and plagiarizing. <laughs> well, I like to think of it as everything is a remix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything is. I mean, everything's kind of been done. There's not really nothing new under the sun, but, um, yeah, it's just trying to figure out how to adapt it to your own shit. Like, how do you want to do it? Yeah. And, uh, and like, what is your, like, salad from all of these <laughs> different uh, inspirations? What is your salad, Yeah, what's folks? your salad, yo? What's your salad? That's a great question. We should make a t-shirt for Hell that yeah. one. Because that, I mean, that really is a deep statement when yeah. you put it that way. Yeah, I mean, like, what is your, your salad? Yeah, what like, are you pulling together? Like, what is your salad? Yeah, like your custom salad. Your chef, your chef salad, as yeah. far as music goes. You got tomatoes it's in there. Clean. You got onions. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. What kind of flavors are yeah. we? So, so like all my, yeah, my music is basically like a lot of anything from, you know, like Interpol, Joy Division, uh, Modest Mouse. Um, I like super sarcastic indie shit. Uh, so a lot of my stuff is pretty sarcastic lyrically. I just kind of like to talk about the absolute ludicrousness of our existence in this world these days and all the funny little things that I see in life. Uh, just the, the weird stuff. Um, so I take a lot of that from the indie and then... I really love the uh, just like the creativeness and the uh, the uh, the what's it called um, redundancy the, like like the the the, um, the like the like for like listening to like Aesop Rock yeah or even like listening to you or like listening to Eminem like. Those, that you can't just do that. Like you gotta mm. practice that shit, man. You gotta do that. You gotta do that over and over. You gotta muscle memory that shit in your brain, dude, uh, to be able to do it 
the way that y'all do it. I heard somebody say so the other like, day, it was... Uh, I've always really got jo- well, I was listening that. to a podcast and someone was saying that he heard somebody, some singer talking inside of a restaurant and their voice was just such a presence. Yeah. And in that moment, he just kind of realized, like, that's the end product of the person's craft. Like, you're only seeing the end product. Yeah, exactly. You're not you seeing see all, all that the stuff. work and all the stress that went through, like... Getting it to the point where it's like this beautiful package that you get to have. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, that's and a there's beautiful so much. Thing, you yeah, know, for people to do that, you know, that's what I think all musicians and artists try to do as much as possible. Because, but but there's a lot of painstake and and a lot of stuff. So I respect that a lot with uh, hip hop, like just that whole like on point cadences, really really good timing mm. uh, vocally and shit like that. Yeah, I, for me, it's a lot of it's the lyricism. You can and the find lyricism. In I think yeah. that there's just something that happens. That's why people ask me, like, like what's your favorite music you, to listen you to? hear that one line and you're just like, God damn 47. All right, bet. That was so dope. <laughs> why did I think of that? You know? Like, of course. God damn. Like, shit. And, and, like, those but bars, it's like, that, so it's simple, like the ones it's that like, make you do that stink face, you know? Yeah, like, like, oh, my God. This motherfucker just said that, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's to great. me, it stimulates like I that creative part of my brain. Yeah, it makes where, me work harder. Yeah, exactly. I'm like somebody like, can what do that. I think of that's exactly. Clever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that and then and then I've just like been super freaking obsessed with like like just like craft work and that really like simple stripped down like do 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 type stuff like and then just like real simple synths and heavy bass lines and stuff. So it's kind of like a... That's reminiscent of, I would say, like old school hip-hop yeah, in a way. Uh, yeah, and old, like very like old, uh, early electronic, like the birth of electronica stuff where like electronic artists were fighting against like the musician union to even be considered music. Really? Electronic music being considered music. So like, yeah. Imagine so, them hearing Skrillex. And like, <laughs> what? What is this? Yeah. Like, uh, I just, there's this really, really nice documentary called Sisters with Transistors that I just watched. And it's basically like the birth of like the matriarchs of electronic what, music. What, when you say matriarchs, what do you mean? Like what? the women, these mm. women who just made these, like, I do a lot of very uh, crazy, weird, like, uh, put a lot of synths together, daisy chain stuff. Um, and try to do as much as I can analog, and but try to keep it like really interesting, um, both aesthetically and the sound, uh, for it to be really interesting to hear, and uh, also interesting to kind of see. Like, what, what the fuck is this dude doing? He's got a typewriter hooked up to a guitar, like you know, something like that, like. Playing with water, with some kind of weird gadget that's connected to the water, that's making noise. How? It you adds know? novelty to it. It's, yeah. yeah, it just adds that like, cool aspect. Now, that's rad. These women, back in the late 50s, were making uh, theremins and sound generators were that, that were like twice the size of this room. Wow. That, that, and 
Patch cable, patch cable, patch cable, patch cable, patch oh, cable. Oh, the routing must have been wild. Oh my god, dude, it was insane, dude. To, to see it, I was like, I was, I got so mesmerized by that whole thing that I was just like, that is so freaking cool. That was like the birth of understanding sound waves. Wow, that's Control true voltage. because now all that's happening inside of an emulator. Yeah, it's all happening because it's all been built, and these were like the like the people. There was this like in this documentary. There was this one girl, this one lady. She was a girl at the time. She was like uh, 22 or something like that. She had a job. She, they, the BBC, uh, they were like, yo, we're going to do, we're going to let you, we have like a little bit of extra money, so we're going to let you do this like electronica project. So she got paid by, like, funded you know what, by the when BBC. when this was? It was like in the late 50s. So it was like oh. 1958 or 59, like right before the 60s. So a long time ago. Like, yeah. Um, and what did the girl say? And she did it. And she got mesmerized. And she was a classically tr- trained violinist. Um, all these women were classically trained uh, uh, musicians. And uh, they uh, started kind of like birthing the whole idea of taking a controlled voltage, like a hum, a wave and turning it into a square, turning it into a saw wave, uh, manipulating the frequency, basically. These women made the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my God. Like, and, but it was like, so it's so beautiful. I mean, it is so beautiful. And like Giorgio Midori, or Giorgio, I don't think that's how you pronounce his name, but that dude, um, craft work, uh, even like old Daft Punk and stuff like that, I love. I just like I love that that whole style. So it's like kind of you know. So sorry, back to the question. Well, no, I'm just, I, is, I would like is, to harp on like that, that for a second because I mean that's really interesting. Can you imagine those people are hearing sounds no one's ever heard before? I know. Like that is literally this, what they were this experiencing. This lady made a machine. It was like the size of probably like a, a Volkswagen Bug. Yeah. And it was in it it. Uh, it fed these translucent pieces of tape that were like about uh, three inches wide and they were super, super long and she would actually paint uh, waveforms on this translucent tape. What? And she made it. so She, she painted them. Yes, so it like played these frequencies through like in the 50s. Wow. It, insane. That is and insane. And then she could manipulate them like by pulling them and pushing them. So it was like made all these... Weird noises. Wow. Yeah. Kind of like DJ scratching. Yeah, exactly, dude. They were like the original OGs. Wow. Like, for real, man. Crazy. Because that is sound is just like a thing to a thing. That's, the, thing the, that's that, where like, the waveform comes from. Everything, yeah. man. Hip-hop, uh, modern-day, like, electronica, techno, house. All of that came from that, you know? Wow. So this is, like, unbelievable. Um yeah, there's so I much mean, music that couldn't exist without synths. Yeah. Or just music that wouldn't be as powerful yeah, without exactly. synths. Yeah, exactly. Like and even, the way that they figured out how to create, like, envelope gates and sustain and all of that weird Holy stuff. Holy. Like, who was the person who did that? That's very true. And it was these women, dude. And, wow. like, yeah. It was, like, the one of the women uh, in it, were, she, she was, like, dating the dude, uh, Dr. Theremin. Who made? Who was like the or Professor Theremin? I forget his first name, but uh, he like 
invented the theremin. And she was a classically trained violinist. Um, and she was badass. But when she uh, seen the theremin for the first time, she was like so freaking mesmerized that she learned how to, like, she perfected it. And it was like, she would play, she would like do like Mozart, cover Beethoven symphonies on this theremin. You don't even touch it. It's just controlling. It, she says, the way you play a theremin is with butterfly wings. That's what she said in the documentary. I was like, that's so dope because it's true. It's like just beautiful, like just the motion, like just, just the touch uh, or just your movement over these freaking things. Yeah. I mean, like oscillator generator things that come out from metal poles. Like, it's it just insane. So it's almost like um, magnets? Is that what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't really, I mean, I don't really know how they work there. Um, Sounds like witchcraft. I know. It, it, it really reminds me of witchcraft. Um, but it's, 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 I believe it's control voltage that goes through that uh, somehow gets manipulated by your body motion or like the, the interruption of the field or whatever. I'm not really sure. That's what I'm deducing. Wow. I could be completely wrong. I'm not a, pro I'm not a professional on theremins, but uh, I, I use that sound a lot, and I love theremins now that I've gotten older. Um, I'm obsessed with them. And uh, that, like, just, just to see that and just to see her um, play it that way, it's like... Mind blowing, you know. Yeah. That long ago, just to have that, I was like, "You can do anything." You feel like a classically trained violinist decides she wants to be a, she wants to do Beethoven on a theremin, like, hell yeah, like you can do anything, right? <laughs> and Especially there, there's when, something inspiring yeah. about like the limitness of that create or the limitlessness of yeah. that creativity. Yeah, absolutely. There's just something so intriguing 1, there where it's like percent. they're on the cusp of something yeah. and we like to think of music as this thing with boundaries like yes. we can only do so much Absolutely. but then you see something like that and it reminds you that there are things we haven't discovered yeah. in this field and a really good way because we always think of uh, music uh, and I think we put kind of everything in general in a box yeah. just naturally as humans uh, but like with music we think about the grid we're going to snap to the grid we're going to put it into one eighth or one, or one half, one fourth, one sixteenth, one eighth Titan, whatever it is, uh, it's got to be at this BPM all the time. Uh, it's got to be on this key. And that's great. Like if you're trying to do like something that's like, like uh, I guess you could, I mean like a really structured piece, but the way that they described it, which I really found appreciating, I appreciated it a lot, um, was like the whole idea of electronica or that, like that early electronica stuff was, it's like energy. It's, mm. it's not like, a, it's like a, a flowing energy. So it's not like a intro verse chorus, verse chorus, uh, bridge, outro. You know, it's not like that. It's mostly just like, it's very <sighs> ethereal. And, uh, you know, and it's just like a flow. And 
they got it. And, like, I really even didn't get it as much as I do now since I watched that, stup- that, that great documentary. Uh, but I've loved electronic music for so long, and I've really been enjoying, like, old, older electronica stuff. Like, and I don't even probably know anywhere near as many of, cool, of the cool electronic, old electronica people out there, but any of them that I find when I'm digging... It's all just so cool. Because it's so different. Yeah, it's like these people, like, you know, like, I'm going to make this album by uh, recording the birds outside of my, and the car traffic uh, in Manhattan. Is that conceptual? Yeah, or like in Boston, because Boston has a roaring uh, B minor. and anybody knows that uh, if they're a composer, you know, like really these because they were all classically trained. So it's like, and they, and it was like so like seat belts being buckled and stuff for the snares, wow. uh, and like, but it was all. I mean, there was nothing digital, so they were doing it, and then tape loops. These tape loops that these people would make were just un- these women would make, I were unbelievable. Their whole little crazy. Apartment, you want to talk about a cat apartment? Yeah, it was like a cassette tape spider web apartment, dude. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I mean, and they like they would know like where exactly to go at one point in this long web of cassette reels just to get this one emotion out of the sound. Wow, you know? it was just like unbelievable. So I really like a lot of that. Um, it really inspires me with my music. Just to, like I like doing, I like keeping that in mind. I try to do everything. I try to mix and master and do everything to healing frequencies too. So yeah. even if you don't like my music, at least you're getting a little bit of a benefit from it. <laughs> I thought I heard somewhere that most what. music nowadays isn't at that frequency too. It's at a different one, there's right? Like, there's nine different healing frequencies. I just thought I heard like if you if you tuned music to the right frequency, it would be more it would have more of a healing energy rather than what we traditionally yeah, I mean, listen to. It's like one seventy four hertz down to about like nine sixty eight is like the the scale, and I think a lot of it falls into that. And what's interesting about that is that it can be demonstrated with water and yeah, like floating things. Absolutely. Like you can see it in the sound wave yeah. itself that it's just a more there's harmonious a, frequency. There's a healing frequency that actually has been shown and studied to repair DNA. No way. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I know, man. I mean, so it makes wild. you think about like the things we don't know when it comes to how Our waves, sense, like yeah, sound waves exactly. affect us. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more than I've, what you would assume. I've been so into that lately, man, just uh, trying to understand a little bit more about frequency because like, there is like uh, frequency healers, yeah, uh, people who get healed diseases I would diseases. argue most people go through sound therapy just by listening to music exactly and they don't yeah, realize they don't that's realize what they're doing it. exactly and that's what I want to do with my music even if you don't know it that's cool man it's my little gift to you that is cool <laughs> that's cool that you have that like hidden in there yeah yeah Interesting. Yeah. And then a bunch of. Uh, I, I was gonna say I like worship to... Satan back back <laughs> backwards, but do it at a harmonious frequency. Do it at a healing bunch frequency. Of worshiping Satan back maskings in a healing frequency. It might it might it might work better. It might work worse. We'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, Be a yeah. good test. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
if they come out I mean, insane, we'll, see. we'll, we'll see. see if the nine people turn completely insane or if they like really ascend. <laughs> right, this is one of the music. two directions. <laughs> yeah, it's the just one or the people. other. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, I like to feel like I'm an explorer when it comes to music. And yes. in the way that those people you're describing who created synth and they're doing all these experiments, I like to think of myself in the same way where it's like, you know, it's like somewhere along the way the skeleton was developed for music mm. where, uh, as you described, verse, chorus, yeah, and also yeah. you forgot verse pre-bridge yeah, chorus I mean, yeah, it's so yeah, con- like there's there's so for, verse pre-bridge yeah, chorus yeah. or no I'm sorry verse pre-chorus chorus I'm living in verse, the Aerosmith pre-chorus days. chorus bridge <laughs> chorus outro yeah, usually yeah, yeah. that's how most pop songs are going to go and also I've sure. noticed the second verse is half as long as the first verse that's a thing that pop yeah. songs love to do it's like it, it sounds like I, I'm sure it's just because this it makes wild. it feel like things are progressing at a faster rate. Yeah. I'm sure that's what's happening subconsciously, but yep. it's like it's so predictable to me. It's I so I know the hook is coming because I've heard this a million times. Exactly. It's like and, coloring it in the lines. Yes. It's like and, so and boring. I just think the only thing we can do as musicians is lead by example. Like yes. we got to show people because everybody else sees this schematic and they're like oh so that's how you make music yeah and they think that's the only thing you can do is work within these boundaries i i I, um i was just talking to a friend the other day and i was like you know it's really funny because i I do a lot of art i I paint a lot and shit and uh i failed art art in like 11th grade but that's just some person because like my art teacher just i was like I, I was raging against the machine at that time. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to color in the lines. <laughs> Dude, no. I got a similar story. I've, I, oh, my that gosh. art, man. Basquiat's art, dude. I'm not, I, I get light contrast and not sh- shading and shadow, uh, blah, 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 You're blah, You're just blah. overcomplicating the process. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to fucking make a, a I don't want to paint a pear that has a light bulb. I want, no. If I'm going to paint a wildlife, uh, painting it's gonna be like a deer and a cow getting abducted by aliens or something or like uh something interesting uh i'm not gonna just be who hasn't seen a cow if you don't i mean and you know and i guess maybe some people need that uh training but i didn't need it so i was always very much like that's funny uh i'm gonna color out of the lines and uh my our teacher would get my mom and dad were like, "Yo, how in the hell did you fail art?" I was like, "Like, <laughs> like, have you seen my art?" Like, yeah. I mean, it's chaotic, and yeah, that's but that's my style. It's always been my style. Well, I was gonna and, say uh, I failed poetry, I believe, in eleventh yeah. grade. And I failed poetry. That's what I like about music. It, in well, the same well, ways. Like it frustrated me in the same way that what you said frustrated yeah. me because it's like I had poetry. this teacher who was saying that He's you like, had Man. to have other people like you would write these poems and then you would have other people revise the poems yeah. like, and then you would to have to change me... the poem. Yeah, like, Dude, I'm never going to revise my poem. You're out of your mind. I wrote it that way for a reason. Exactly. I don't give a fuck if this person yeah. t- tells me I this should change my, this. this. I wrote it. Th- that means they didn't catch on whatever I was. Yeah. That's cool. Like They don't have to get yeah, it. And, That's and the magic of it. Art is subjective. Poetry yes. is subjective. Music is subjective. Let them make their decision. Don't make it for them. Like, and, that's lame. And, well, and I think that she was just looking at it through a, like a teaching perspective. Yeah, and where I it's get like that. she's thinking, I have to teach these people to understand poetry. Like, and, and she's used I am to not going to bear the neurosis of their poetry. 
ninth grade year. Like, just leave me alone. I just think she misunderstood yeah. poetry in general, yeah. man, because it's like, that's not what poetry is. No. Poetry is separate from an English class. Yes. Like, poetry is... Poetry is... Po poetry is, uh, like... Oh my God! It's it's about it's, it's found in so many different ways, way, shapes, and forms. Well, and it's Poetry very interpretive. Is dolphins. Wow! Yeah. You know, like uh, sonar is poetry to some people. You know, uh, the Dutch language. If you don't know Dutch, I mean, you, you know, French can be a poetry for somebody. Uh, I mean, and or American, some hillbilly hick talk or some gangster ass. Rap can be poetry or some gangster-ass talk. Like, some real talk motherfuckers can be poetry. In the sense that it's poetic. Yeah, yeah and it's all perspective because yeah. we're all different. We can't be like, yo, you should be this way because I'm this way. Wow. You know, or like, you should perceive everything the way I perceive it. Uh, or feel the way I... That's just an... That's like an unrealistic thought. Well, I think the best artists demonstrate that inherently in their art. Yeah, they yeah. They just... Like, you can't... Everyone's going to look at it differently. And yeah, so and you gotta get that comfortable teaches with you it. the lesson. Yeah, you got to get comfortable with it. You got to understand that some people aren't going to see it. And be okay with it, you know? Like, yeah. There's certain paintings that I painted that I'm like... That I won't sell to anyone in, unless they can actually see the piece. Because it is kind of... Some of it's like sporadic, but there's definitely like a, uh, there's something there. You just got to find it. Right. And some people find it like right away. And some people are like, oh man, I really love the colors in this piece. I'd really like to buy it. But what is it? I'm like, man, uh, think about it, look at it, figure out what it is and come back and give me your interpretation. And then I'll think about selling it to you. Other than that, you ain't getting this painting. You know, yeah, like you can't have it unless you don't, unless you understand it. Um, but I mean, I think that's really important is to have like a little bit of a artist integrity. With yeah, your shit. And, and like just some magic in there. Yeah, yeah. There's magic in exactly. there. Mad magic, dude, and it's pure as man. It's just like the most purest, beautiful thing to do it your way, man. I think that th what it's so interesting Whatever to me is. is I think that. Okay, so this is kind of like the grand the scheme of it. Unapologetic about is it. Is that there's the nature of life is creation, right? Yeah. The entire nature of everything is creation. Like, that is the one thing we truly cannot fully understand ever. Absolutely. How does one create? How do, how do we have a baby? How do we create consciousness? Yeah. Where does this creation come from? And I think that there's something inherently inspirational about that. And I think that when you yes. create art that inspires creation within others... It's like it's teaching them a fundamental lesson about life. Yeah, Like absolutely. they just feel it in their soul because that is the creation. Yeah. They feel that magic, that, that think, magical, spontaneous moment when something yeah. happened. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's like, and that's like everywhere. I mean, art imitates life. Uh, life imitates art. Yes. I mean, it's like that's everywhere. You know, like if a chemist uh, is looking under a, a microscope and sees and like figures out or some scientist figures out that this organism is the direct cause for breast cancer. And now I know because of these things, that's fucking beautiful. And that's art. And that's like that in that in its own way is art because it's like making so many people's lives so much better and like finding a finding it and seeing it. Yeah. And understanding it and seeing the beauty of it and being able to uh, transmit it 
you know? Yeah, and to create that change. Yeah, yeah. Because that truly is something is. that will affect Because we need people. it. Yeah. We all need it, you know? Right. This place is fucking sh- a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need some, lo- we need people, man, to fucking step up and just be like trying to do some cool ass shit. I agree. In a, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, in a, um, you know, like a, Positive or like a just a more in a, of a, in a, a in a way that genuine way I guess yeah in a genuine way yeah, I mean yeah, I think that yeah. when an it's real way. that's what yeah. it's, that's what connects with people yes. that, when you it's we're kind of talking I about that off the air that. where where it's like that's why this podcast works the way it does because yeah. we're just talking I'm not trying exactly. to hit on all these points we're just ha- we, yeah we asked that one question I've asked you one question so far and then we've just been talking off yeah. of that one thing yeah I mean that's how it always you, goes those, those are the best those are the best uh, like and I, I was saving this for the podcast dog <laughs> i don't the ipod it's hard to pull that stuff iPod, up i'm, I'm saving, saving this for, it for the, the iPod. ipod he was telling me off the air that he calls <laughs> podcasts ipods sometimes <laughs> every now and then i'm dyslexic. there's just a wire that's crossing right yeah, there he's somewhere. not sure where i don't know where everything went wrong but it did at one point but it's just uh, um like that's what makes the natural flow of like I think that's why I connect with the podcast. I connect with I feel the reality in it. I feel yeah, someone yeah, expressing yeah. themselves. That's and that's the stuff I like to listen to. That's what I like to feel like I I'm engaging with someone even though I'm not. I'm just listening to them yeah, talk, but I'm yeah. I'm no, drawing you're enga- from but you're it. engaging. You're yeah. yeah, you're pulling it out and uh that's the beauty of it. That's that that's the that's the beauty and the difference between a good uh, iPod, a good a, iPod and a bad iPod. A bad iPod. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know the 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 last podcast that I uh, listened to because uh, I used to do a lot of traveling and I would have to drive a lot. So that was back in the day when I would listen to podcasts. Oh man, they're great. And, there's so uh, many I could recommend to you. There's, there's some good this stuff. one about like medical mishaps or like like the. The way we, like, in the the history of the way we thought things would, like, heal people and, like, medical procedures that were just, like, absolutely the worst thing that you could, po- like, the worst fucking, like, like, bloodletting and, like, all that kind of stuff. And they would just basically go through this thing and just, like, talk, like bring up, like, all this history of that. And that was really interesting. Some of it's not even as long ago as you would expect. Yeah, I mean, it was probably about six years, seven years. It was probably still going. Yeah, I don't even remember what it was, but uh, but I, but I, I, I really appreciated the 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 uh, the like the banter and the organicness of the whole. And thing. it was educational. Yeah, and it was super educational. Exactly, and it was super interesting. Yeah, oh. you know, it was like a yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, there's some, um, because that's, that's the thing. That's a podcast with an objective, too. So there are yeah. ways you can do it. Yeah, like, there if, are ways if, you can do a podcast with If you're doing, like, social an... ones, it's nice to get, like, people's perspective on just something. Yes. You know, like, just, I mean, even if it's, if it's, if whether it's a theme or if it's just sitting here and sh- shooting the shit about just general shit that's going on in the world. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Where are you at? Where am I at? Like, at least you can get a little bit of a different perspective and you can just be like, all right, bet, I feel that, dude. And all right, cool. Yeah. I feel that same way, man. Yeah, you got to have some alone. open-mindedness for sure. Yeah. Like, if you want to have a bunch of different people on, especially, like, if you're somebody who's bringing in different guests. Yeah. And it, I, I guess, think it's something I guess, that you yeah. just naturally learn over time. It's like, 
Have you ever had somebody? Life, have you life. ever had somebody here where you just like, man, I do not agree, and you just gotta like cold your tongue? Um, I mean, no, because I think I could see someone going through You're that. Neutral. But if someone says You're something like and I disagree with it, I got no problem with. Yeah. it. I think I'm a good. I I, I just. You, you, like you, you said, you, or like we're talking about, you, you see the person and neutral. the other person, you be open-minded, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's all it is. Like, you're like fucking Poland. And you're learning from them. You are mm-hmm. like you. They're giving you something. They're giving you their perspective, and that's valuable in some sense. No matter if you agree or disagree, there's yeah. something in there that you can draw from. Weird. And I think that that's really I think uh, what's fun about conversations. I think it's the most value. Yeah, I think it's the most valuable thing about uh, conversations, and even like debates. Like, yeah, I, I like debating. Oh like, yeah, because I, I feel debating. like there's something for, like I said, for you to draw from as an audience yeah. when you hear and, a debate, even yeah, like and debating I, or hearing. The older I get, the more I don't get. Like I used to be like I used to, I used to get like a little nervous about debating. Like I didn't want to like go too hard or like hurt anybody's feelings, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings anymore. But I want to. I'm gonna spit the truth. Yeah, like I'm gonna spit my truth, uh, what I believe and what I what I know. I'm not gonna be like. Have the like the, the whole Dunning Kruger effect where like I'm gonna speak about stuff that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like I might like I I looked up an article, one article, and let me tell you, the moon landing is real. Uh, yeah, like a thought without like, a thought behind yeah, it. Yeah, without like the like really doing like your your research. Um, well, you're not. Yeah, it's like you're not remixing the information like we were talking about. Yeah, earlier. yeah, you're not like taking really it, making taking it your, own. your yeah. So I mean, it's like. I um and and if it is a debate that I don't know, yeah, I don't know my stance on it. I don't know if there's a flat Earth. I don't know if the Earth is round. I really don't. Well, but and the exercise is. Fun. I'm not gonna be like, "Fuck you, you flat Earther. You're weird. Like, you're so <laughs> stupid." Or I'm not gonna be like, "You know what? You're crazy. The world's not round. That's just a big old conspiracy." And Stanley Kubrick did—he did do the moon landing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like the whole—I like the conversation. And, uh, and this is why I don't like to use Twitter. Is I realize people on there more than anywhere else. Like, it's like they just—I think people are very self-affirming nowadays. It's very, very like. I have established this belief, and yeah. this is where it's, I stand. And yeah. it's almost like it's and it's easy an act to project that behind a screen. Say again, Insta- it's easy to project that behind a screen. A yeah, lot easier to that do that behind a screen. Yeah, that doesn't happen in person. Yeah, and instead of real life, you know, rarely does it happen. Yes, in person. it's a nice exercise to actually debate in real life. Sometimes yeah. I feel. I, well, this is what I'm saying. I'm on, I'm on social media generally, though. Even I used yeah. to really argue with people on Facebook, I and now I, over time I've realized that is such a waste Facebook. of my time. Yeah, I'm gonna argue in real life. Well, dude, not only that. Well, yeah, I'm arguing in real life because every time I've argued in real life, that never happens. Nobody exactly. gets that upset. Nobody gives yeah. a fuck. No one like cares. It's like I talk shit to my friend's face and then I build them up behind their back. Yeah, you know that. Like that's the thing. But yeah, nobody's gonna front on you about your. Uh, decision to think if blah 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 is right or wrong or whatever and if they do get upset that's in, a reflection in, of themselves that's not yeah. you and it, yeah exactly it's like dude yeah in in real life but man those motherfuckers will go hard on social media <laughs> yeah dude. they do they'll be like yeah we're gonna get you man we're gonna get you <laughs> like damn like all right bet I didn't, I didn't know you guys were so intense about macaroni and cheese 
Right. Dope. It's all, it's something that's completely so like trivial. It could be anything. I mean, it could be yeah. some serious or it could be macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, that's the magic of yeah. it. That's, or somebody that's what's could take so, what you say out of context and it's yeah. just like Well, and this is the thing that yeah. I'm talking about. It's like the fact that you're having a conversation in that format allows for this inhuman Yes, you lose a, you 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 lose context. You lose uh You to- lose this tone. natural thing you lose that tone. we're yeah. You lose body body contact, which all is extremely fucking important for us to understand each other. I have done I've been doing in the last like ten years a lot of research on um nonverbal communication and uh yeah, nonverbal communication. It's so important. Right. It really is. I mean, you can say, you can scream to the top of your lungs and beat the shit out of somebody mentally without saying anything with the right look or the right, like, uh, gestures or the right uh, posture or the change in your attitude. That's all nonverbal communication. So important. But you can also build people up with nonverbal communication, too. You can, do, you can diffuse situations. You can uh, inspire people. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, win people over. I would argue it's the only way we even do anything with animals for the most yes, part. Yes, exactly. Yeah, true I mean, that. Yeah, you can talk to your dog, but they yeah. don't know what you're saying. But it's, yeah, it's the nonverbal communication that makes them understand you're a cool person. Like, you're a good dude. Yeah. Or you're just kind of, like, stiff and fucked up and, like, ah. He's like, yeah, I don't know, man. That dog's going to be tripping uh, out. Exactly. He or doesn't know what's going on. He's just, like, mean all the time. Like, yeah, or like, yeah, just arguing with everybody in the world. It's like, or even if they're not arguing, they still have, like, a scowl on their face all the time. It's like, are you okay? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, it's interesting that even an right? animal can detect that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've heard things like uh, animals, like they know when you're going to take them to the park as opposed to when you're ta- going to take them to the vet just by that nonverbal thing yeah, it's that's wild. going on. Like yeah. the tone within your actions, yeah. the animal can it's read you. It's such an interesting thing, man. Uh, nonverbal communication is one of the coolest things. And it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people don't really talk about. Well, it's just Much. everything is deeper than, um, like, it's as deep as you want it to be. Yeah. So if you want to dive deep into that thing, there's so much more to yeah. it. than like can, I think everybody's a tiny bit aware of what's going on there, but when you truly think about it, it's just such a, it's such an integral part of yeah. any communication like at you, all. You could be the dude who, like, wears the perfect outfit to work, and you show up at, on time every day, and you stay late for your car salesman job and you go out and you talk to people about buying a new car and you explain all the benefits and all of the great things and have the worst nonverbal communication and destroy yourself and not make shit. Then you can be the person who's like, ah, I don't know, man, figure it out yourself, but have the right body contact. Your body, uh, nonverbal con- nonverbal communication, and just be like, "Yo, let me put you on some game, dude." Um, you know what you should do, and you know what you shouldn't do. Eye contact, you know, all of that stuff. Be real. You could be like, show up for work late, like two hours every day. <laughs> like, take an extra fifteen minutes for every lunch, and 
people still be like, man, we got to keep that dude. He rules. Yeah. The guy who's like just trying to do it just can't. Or anybody, I mean, anybody, I mean, like people, I, I see it a lot, man. I, I started noticing it quite a bit because I worked with the general public for so long um, and really, really in close quarters because uh, I worked for an optical company. And I just noticed the difference effects just nonverbal communication had on the outcome of, uh, like, debates, talks, um, negotiations, all of that. And uh, I found it just so fascinating. And uh, so I started just, like, delving into it. I was like, man... That's so crazy. We just like there's like just certain things that, uh, and and you know like people like uh, they mean no harm. I mean a lot of people don't mean no harm. Like, but some people just don't have that ability to be able to like keep their resting bitch face on. Like, even if if they're like uh, if it's a frustrating situation, they can't not huff and puff. They can't not uh, just be easy about it. Yeah. Uh, it's like they can't not be a control freak. Um, it's within their nature. Start sweating and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just within their nature. And it's and like, most people, they, whoa. see, that's like, that's why you just got to be understanding, too, because you don't yeah. know what gets a person to that exactly. point. You don't know what makes them what yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, gaslighting people is so stupid because it's like... Uh, like you don't know who you don't you don't yeah you don't know you what, really don't know yeah I mean it's just a it's everybody's got different personalities everybody's been through their different things and people deal with it the same way but the one thing I have realized is like a lot through this whole thing of nonverbal communication how the fudge did we get on nonverbal communication oh uh, man good question we were talking about something else nonverbal com- I really can't tell <laughs> you I can't do a tell you editing but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think we I think we've been on it for a good ten minutes, but yeah. I don't know what got us here. Because well, honestly, we've been moving at high speeds. Yeah. Like when we hit ten Sorry. minutes, I look. No, no, it's great. It's great. I just looked yeah, over at ten minutes. Con- I was like, damn, dude, we've been content. talking ten minutes. I feel like we've been talking twenty five. Like just because we hit so many different yeah. things, which is great. I think yeah. that's great. I think we're keeping it keeping it moving, dude. Sometimes people who because I'm glad you know how to talk. Sometimes, and not even, I'm not talking about on the podcast, I just mean in general, some people just don't know how to talk. It's kind yeah. of what we're talking about, actually. Yeah. You can't even blame them because that's yeah. within their nature. That's just who they are. Yeah, it's communication and, in general. And yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's fun to have somebody who can banter because then you have a lot to yeah, go back yeah. and forth off of. Absolutely. Some people, dude, you're doing, I'm doing a lot of the pulling. How about, <laughs> how about some of the, how about those bears? Yeah, yeah, whole lot of whole lot of what, where, when so, questions. Oh yeah, the open-ended <laughs> questions, trying to get it. Yeah, man, I get it, dude. I get it. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yep, it's, it's part I, of the I love territory. those people. It, yeah, it, you know what's funny about those people? You just gotta like fuck with them. Yeah, and just start and there's asking something them in there. random ass shit, like the most like weirdest shit, and just like be like, just get them uncomfortable enough to just. You, they gotta talk. They yeah. can't not talk. All right, so like you, you ask that person, like, yo, <laughs> like, yeah. would you rather fuck yeah. Hulk Hogan with a vagina or <laughs> Megan Fox with a penis? Exactly. They're gonna answer that question. Exactly. Yeah. That guy, or they're just gonna give you a look, and that's also Did a fun. Did you know there is a, <laughs> there is a fisting house in South France? 
There's a documentary about it. Hit them with them fun facts. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> I like I store them up, man, for that that's those occasions. Especially with working at the the brewery, man. I, I think you get great reactions out of people too. Oh my god! It's well, just, especially because yeah. they they're a little drunk, so they're a little. Are, and and there's some of them are just like the the uptight people, and it's like, ah, oh, that's so cute. Right. I mean, that's cute. I mean, that's awesome. But I'm not the one, man. I'm not uptight. I'm I'm gonna get you guys wilding a little bit. Everybody deserves that. <laughs> and I think Everybody that it's like it's, it's like what you're talking bit. about with the nonverbal communication. I think a lot of people just automatically assume that somebody like that is, oh, they're uptight. Yeah. They're not going to have fun, so I'm just going to treat them all formally. Yeah. If you have fun with that person, yeah. they'll still probably yeah, respond. Take it easy. Yeah. yeah. And just be like, yo, it's cool, man. I know you're mad at me right now. I, I mean, you're not even mad at me. I, I can guarantee you. you know what you're mad at? You're mad at yourself because you know you like me. <laughs> Flat out. So, like, let me tell you this. Don't be mad at yourself, dog. Let's have fun. That really is what it is. And that's that's what I liked about you when you first came to to, uh, Tenacity, man, and played your show. I was like, this motherfucker, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, you were in everybody's face doing your thing, man. I was like, yeah, that's my dude. You just got to be yourself. Because you got to, man. You got to do it, and you got to rep yourself, man. I think that, and it's like, again, what I'm saying about leading by example, like, Mm -hmm. people see that, and they love that. Yeah, it's inspiring, yeah. Yeah. Super inspiring. Because they're like, oh, shit, well, he doesn't give a fuck. And even if somebody, like, makes funny you about it, it's like, fuck you. You do it. Yeah. Like, if if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the right motherfucking way. I'm gonna when, have my bars right, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna get in your face and tell you what's up. I got something to say. I'm not here to fucking die quiet, you know. Right, <laughs> and, and that's, that's a reflection of them. Like their yeah. that's their interpretation yeah, of what like, you're oh, doing. There's a million so other interpretations cute. of it. Yeah, it's I like, mean, like it. it what's inter- what? It, what always reminds me. Uh, that what I do is working is things like what you're telling me right now. Yeah. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, like it's. If I made that one difference for that one yeah. person, then I am successful. You get a lot of haters in this world, man. Yeah, you they're everywhere. You just people, that's man. that's yeah, just, just an incorrect yeah. response to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Feedback does. De- yes, feedback yes, means absolutely. something. It builds you. But at the same time, there's so much of just people yeah, looking for the wrong things. Yeah, negativity yeah. and like, oh, what is this guy doing or what is this girl doing? Uh, what are they doing? Oh, that's weird. Like they should be just like me. And not do that. Right. If we're all just like you, not doing anything, nobody get anything done. And that would be a fucking terrible world if we were all the same person. Exactly. That world would suck. Yeah. I I think that what makes life so beautiful is the integral difference between every single living being. Like, there is not one of us that is the exact same because we're all a product of everything that leads to now. You know what's crazy? Speaking of that, uh, my. I was raised a Jehovah Witness. Yeah. And my uh, and the, the common belief with Jehovah Witnesses that I just couldn't wrap my brain around the older I got was that um, everybody's going to be resurrected after Armageddon and we're all going to become perfect. And I was like, that'd be the bore. That's just like hell to me because it's like, okay, so like we're all perfect. Like everybody's perfect. So like if I'm like yeah dude I can I can jump 25 feet. Like my my vertical jump is straight up 25 feet. I have the perfect vertical jump. Ground vertical jump. 
I can too. Like you couldn't, you couldn't like be. There's like no separation. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even talk to anybody. I'd be like, everything that I can do, you can do just as good as me, and as as everything you can do, I can do just as good as you. There's like it'd be so boring. It'd be so boring. That's the beauty of difference. I was like, man, I can not get behind that. I'd rather die. I'm yeah. good. I don't want to go to. I don't want to be perfect after Armageddon or whatever, man. I'm good, dude. I'm gonna pass on to the next life, man. I'm gonna go past the light, and my soul is gonna go to the next spot. <laughs> I like to think, because uh, you know, there's the phrase "practice makes perfect," and I've just been thinking lately, like the, the better way to put it is. Practice makes perfect makes more practice. Like, it's always this growth pattern. The, the perfect never happens. Yes. You're and, always and, making and, more practice to achieve the perfect, and then you keep going. Like, yeah. you never reach you, it. And if you are... Um, and that's the beauty of Mature it. enough, you understand that uh, perfection is a... It's an ideal. It's a, it's a personal uh, thing. Yeah. Like, my perfection, my, my perfect, uh, the fact that I was able to... Like, I, like if I could do something, yeah, I did it. Perfect. That was awesome. I baked that cake. Right. As perfect as I could do it. Probably not going to be as perfect as everybody else's, but to me, hell yeah, that was a perfect Sestolt's cake right there. Man, it's got a Barbie doll in the middle of it. A bunch of babies going out of plants and shit. You know? <laughs> like, that's my cake. Well, And I like to think, too, like, uh, if this is not perfect, then... What is it? Like, isn't this moment perfect simply yeah. because it is? Like, yeah. there's nothing. It's there's, Perfect doesn't have to be this magical thing that you reach perf- out and get. Perfect, perfect can be, be right here, right now. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be. This is motherfucking perfect, yeah. dog. Like, what is not perfect about it? Yeah. And, and, this, and even if that's incorrect, wouldn't that be the better way to look at it? Yeah. You like, know? there could be somebody who would come in here and be like, man, this ain't perfect, dog. I need, like. A bigger spot. It's like, bro, you're killing my I need vibe. Water. I need, I need, I need Krista or I need Evian water or just all green M and M's, dog. That would make it perfect. <laughs> like, fuck. I mean, that's cool, dude. But like, we don't. But like, you can go to the store and buy some and like make it happen if you'd like. Uh, you want me to get a better? I can't get a better desk. You got any money? Uh, I can't get better studio monitors. But guess what? They're perfect for me. Yeah. This is my spot that works perfect for me and I love this spot. I made this spot. I built this. What whatever it is, I wrote this book. Uh, I subscribe a lot to this thing called to Toltec philosophy and Say I, again? It's uh, I subscribe to this like philosophy quite a bit uh within the last like 15 or what's, 20 what's minutes. What's what's it called though? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, like, I heard you know, Totat. <laughs> it's called Toltec philosophy and it's like a kind of like a, a general guide to happy like inner peace. Okay. Uh and it's uh not in the last 15 minutes. I I've, I've been studying it quite a bit in the last <laughs> few years. Um <laughs> uh, just in the last 10 minutes now I decided I just I just had an epiphany. <laughs> right during this conversation. No. But but the, the the Toltec philosophy is like we are kind of like our own gods. Okay. We uh we are a we are the first person character. There's no one else that Wyatt there's no other Wyatt that's going to write the story that you're going to write. Mm. There's nobody that's gonna create the path that you're gonna create. 
even in this life, the next life, the next life, whatever. They don't exist. They don't exist. You're the only one. That's, yeah. I'm a secondary character to your first, your, your, I could, this, we're going to do, we're doing this podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Could change your life. Probably won't. Uh, You're still going to do what you want to do. You're still, you're still the person who's going to walk out that door and you're going to maybe edit it, not edit it, post it, maybe post it. I don't know. But you're going to do what you do. Right. It's nothing to do with me. Uh. What you tell me is going to inspire me, but ultimately I am going to be the one who's going to make the way for myself. So like, I'm kind of like my, like it's the whole idea that you're your own God. Nothing matters, but everything matters. So uh. like, uh, don't get too horribly caught up in the whole idea of what people say, because no matter what they say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because in, inherently within that they idea, they don't have any control. Of you're your, the main character. Your, yeah, but the only you're the secondary character to has, someone else. Yes, exactly. Everybody's a secondary third third person character, fourth character. Yeah, depending on and so, but you're so the, as the main character, you can't control the secondary characters. Yeah, exactly. Nobody can control anybody. So you, so it's like being uh, conscious of the whole idea that the only way, like you can make me sad, you can make me happy, uh, you can. Be mad at me. You can be frustrated with me. You can be let down by me. You can be uh, inspired by me. You can do all of that. Like, but all the positive, hell yeah. But all the negative, like the being let down because I didn't do it your way. Uh, or I would have done it different. Or you know what you should do? Um, all of that stuff really doesn't matter because... Honestly, the, the, the only way you're going to get through this life is by building your own, uh, your path. You're the only one, in, so you're God. You're your own God. Yeah. I mean, you, you can think that what people, other people say matter. And, uh, and you know, you can take it to heart and be, and be conscious about it and learn from it and be inspired by it. But realistically... We're our own gods, man. The only one who's going to make your own path wide is you. Just like me, man. I'm the only person. You can be like, yo, Seth, you know, you, you, you got to pay your taxes. Like, all right, bet. Thanks for letting me know. If I want to pay my fucking taxes, I'm going to pay my taxes. If I don't want to pay my taxes, I'm not going to pay my taxes. If I want to live in an abandoned house, I'm going to live in an abandoned house. If I want to live in a mansion, I'll live in a mansion. All I know is... uh. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be a good person and have pure intentions and very unapologetic about it because realistically, I'm the only one that can really do it. I mean, I'm the only one. But the main thing is, yeah, just being, being a pure, being, uh, doing things with good intentions, not being a jerk, you know? And uh, being conscious about the whole idea that uh, don't let people get you down, you know. People are going to talk shit. People are going to be frustrated with you. People are going to be blah, blah, blah. You should have did it this way. And they're, they're probably going to, like, talk, to, like, try to teach you stuff. And it's, like, cute. But it's, like, also a, just, like, a nice thing to remember. Like, nobody's better than anyone else. 
No one is. Like, we're all our own gods. We are all exactly the same in the fact that nobody's better than anyone else, and we're all awesome, perfect in our own way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Whether you're a heroin addict, you're perfect in your own way. Uh, going back to that, you know. So that's kind of like that total, like the whole thing of like, it's all perception, you know. Like I've, I've, I've made shit, a shit ton of money. I've went to beautiful places. I've hung out with a lot of people who had a lot of money. And uh, I've also been homeless. Uh, and I've actually been happier when I was homeless, to tell you the truth. You hear that from a lot of people who have been successful. Yeah, it was like, uh, none of that really mattered. It kind of got, like, trite, you know. It was all, like, too, uh, too, it was too contrived, Mm -hmm. not organic, uh, and, like, too much. Like, I got Bona Drag written on my, or tattooed on my knuckles in a really shitty way. Mm. (laughs) Like, jailhouse style. (laughs) Because it means, uh, well, it's a Morrissey album, and I really like Morrissey. But uh, it also means nice outfit, and I was working in, like, a higher fashion industry. And I just got so, it was so funny how everybody thought they were cooler than everyone else. And just because of what they wore, and what car they drove, and how big their house was. And they, like, made, they were, like, just, like, man. Be easy. It was always the person who thought they were cooler than everyone else and would be the loudest person that would be the first person to fuck up everything. And it's like, I was like, if everybody just be humble and be cool and like not be like over aggressive and loud and chaotic and I want all the attention and I'm better than everyone else. If everybody just didn't do that, like, we could just, we'd be so much more efficient. We could go down to probably, like, three-day work, work weeks. <laughs> now, as somebody who, you might have some perspective on this because you've lived through the change. So I feel like social media has exaggerated this in people, where naturally you're put on a pedestal because that's the nature of it. Yeah. Like, you're posting on your account and you're on this pedestal. Yeah. So whatever you say on your page is the... That's 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 the ultimate representation of whatever yeah. you are, and so it it kind of makes us more concrete and makes us more solid. Like we have to stand on whatever we do, or else we're not. Like yeah. it, I think it makes people less flexible and less open. Like oh, I can't say something and then change my mind, or yeah. I can't let this person who disagrees with me, I can't let this happen. Like I, I, I have to prove to yeah. them that I'm. And the, the, and it's just like they don't—they're not humble about it. Yeah, and, and and also with the social, the social media, um, with everything in social media, especially like you post, and it, it, you get a lot of those people who like you know. I I just was watching a article or reading an article. I was watching like a little Vice documentary. I think um, it's just like the whole like the culture of uh, no one take a day off, hustlers hustle, uh, never take a day off. Um, always, always, you know, just, just, you know, like grind and grind, 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 money, 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 gotta be better than everyone so I can get my fucking Adderall so I can grind harder, grind, grind, grind. It's not like, uh, where you go to Europe and they're like, ah, they're like, eat while you work, uh, 
show everybody that you're the hardest worker. I'm like, man, chill out. Like, you're setting the fucking bar way too high. Like, go to Europe, like, go to Italy, and, like, people are like, yeah, we're going to have a three-hour lunch. Like, in America, we're like, uh, can I, can I get a lunch? That would be dope. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like, and uh, the instability of that and, in the culture, and, I think, yeah. creates a lot of uh, catastrophe. A yeah, whole and lot it makes of... Everybody, and it makes uh, people who don't really subscribe to that viewpoint yeah. have to uh, keep up. Of course. And it sucks. And it's like, shame on y'all, because, like, you're setting a standard that's... I mean, our standard in, it, as Americans is, in my opinion, work... Uh, Quality of life versus work is ridiculous. Right. Especially with the wages that we make. Uh, we don't make anything. We don't get really helped out too much with uh, health care. Like the average person is not expected to <laughs> We're live not, comfortably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at like uh, the homeless population in California is absurd. These are not just, these are not drug addicts. These are professors, teachers. English te- ninth grade English teachers that can't afford a house in Oakland County in California because every house is a million and a half dollars because you got these over uh, achieving assholes who all like inflate the price. Yeah, inflate the price by yeah, like just gotta be cutthroat. Uh, be better than everyone. It's like how about this? Like just be easy. Yeah. And, like, uh, let's get it accomplished. Well, I think the problem is you, know, you, like have to, you have to give humans boundaries. I think that's the yeah. real thing. Like, I think it's with, it, what's interesting about it is I think that what makes it recognizable is that it's within all of us. Like, we can, we know, like, what would you do if you had $10 million? Would you stop there or would you want more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, you can't answer that question unless you're the person yeah, with $10 million. Exactly. You just don't know what you would yeah. do because you, you learn something about yourself you through that. And I think a lot of us, we it's hard to see it, but we would fall a victim to the same circumstances. And we Everybody would have would. our greed a little bit, us. in a little bit of a way. Yep, yeah, everybody, and some people would do it worse than others. But you know but what? You ha- this is what I'm saying. You have to give those people boundaries. Yes, you have yeah, to yeah, make yeah. regulations and rules yep. that stop those people yeah. from making it so, so abundantly clear that they are taking over. Yeah, it's like, like bro, golly, you can't man, have all that. Chill out, yo. Like, take a break for a second, dog. And you have to force them to take a yeah. break because some people, like most of us, like like we said. They won't take the break. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to admit like it. You, and and you like, like, you'll be like, yo, guys, uh, we should all ask for like three, like 10 hour a day work, work, work weeks, three, 10 hour a day work weeks. That's 30 hours. We could get all the stuff that we need to get done for this position and this job done in 30 hours. If we're efficient in those three days, then we have four days off and get to chill have good food, eat healthy, hang out with our family, have a nice quality life. Instead, we just fucking stand around coffee uh, makers and bitch and complain for two hours, waste that two hours at a job or make a shit ton of mistakes, waste a bunch of time because we're not, you know, we're malnourished, we're burnt out, we're uh, just sick. Um and homeless 
You know, yeah. Shit. Imagine doing all that and then still being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cool. This is great. American dream. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, fuck America because... I mean, no, I mean, I, I think that it's just, neutral, it's just like everything. There's good sides and yeah, bad sides. Yeah, but it's, it's like just, what I'm saying. It was so it tipped like, over time. Like, I mean, I feel like these issues have just gotten more and more exaggerated. And yeah, that's the real problem. Yeah. It's that we don't have fail, like things, fail safes. I think that's the word. We don't have things yeah. that will stop it from getting yeah, this bad. Exactly. And, 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 and that's the nature of the freedom that it, we, that, that's our main ideal. Yeah. So it's like, it's a double-sided yeah. sword. You can't it, win. I think what's going to happen is like, it's all going to get burnt out on its own. Like the mother earth is like the universe is going it's gonna to respond. It's going to respond and take care. It's like a Takeshi six, nine situation. I mean, that's, I, I feel like, like what's so interesting like, about it is I think that's the ultimate thing about Judgment Day with Christians. I think yeah. that's what they're looking at it as. It's yeah. like the universe is going to respond yeah. to all of this evil. But they put it in the package of a man and like this, yeah. 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 And, um, and, but I think it's going to be, yeah, I think the universe is going to do it uh, one way or another. And I think it's going to be more of a, a, um, a, a, per, be a part a, of history. A personal warfare on the people that made the decisions. Mm. Um, now they're living with the repercussions of the decisions that they made and realizing how hollow life is and that it's going to, they're going to be like, oh, fuck, fuck this noise. But this is Let's, what scares me about that is what, the way you just described it is that's just a select group of people that will experience it. Yeah. I worry. I fear for humanity. Yeah. I fear that it's but all it's of all us gonna that are going to face worse. the repercussions. It's all going to get worse, yeah. man. It's just going to keep on getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until, uh, I don't know, until we die. <laughs> and then move on to the next cool spot. They, they do say this is the tumbling process. Uh, so maybe it's just that's that's where we're at. I mean, we just gotta like roll around like a fucking stone and just get polished for the next good shit. It's hard to imagine yourself as a point in time. Like yeah. it's hard for us to imagine when we think about the '60s. That was a point in time. People when when they were there, they were there in the now. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the 1800s. Those I, people weren't thinking about it like this the is now. the past. They were thinking this is right now. I, this is the future. I like think, in the in the 1800s, they were thinking this is the future. I think and about so, that shit all the time. Man. It's hard to put that in perspective for a lot of people. I know, man. And so it's hard to see yourself in the yeah, tumbling process. Yourself, yeah, it's hard yeah, to yeah. see that like maybe this system we got yeah. is crumbling in on itself. Yeah. Yes. And, and, I mean, until you really think about it, like how much longer do we got before yeah. this just bubbles over? And I mean, how 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 much how much longer is it going to take for that phone to be the lamest phone on the market or that computer to be so outdated, that processor, though that style of clothing, um, that car, uh, that house, um, you, like you die. I, I was just thinking about this earlier. Like, okay, like if you die, I wonder what the like the average amount of time people, like people that are like maybe not your like super close family, like how long it takes for people to kind of just forget. I mean, like like I had a friend who passed away, um, and he was young and it was super uh, unexpected. Um, and I think about him all the time, but we weren't like, I mean, we were really close, but we weren't like, uh, we, we like kind of grew apart, but I don't think there's like a really a day that goes by that I don't think about him. And he died like 
six months ago, but I know, like, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, everybody else that was gr- really, really grieving with me for the, like, the two day, like, the, the day we found out in that week, like, really grieving and really broken up about it, I'm pretty sure they don't even remember that dude. Like, they moved on, like... Our, we are so uh, we have such a short attention span in general. Like I wonder what the average time it is that people that you're just forgotten. Well, you know, I, you there's leave. been studies with like memory and all this, and it's generally and it's, the I mean, case that everything. people who have really good memories who remember everything, yeah. those people are depressed. That's too yeah. much yeah, information. Exactly. You don't want to remember everything. Yeah. So the yeah. healthiest way yeah. a human can is be is to be forgetful yes. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't true. want to remember everything. Yeah, yeah. That is true. I think that's super interesting because it's, it's like it's like the idea of being perfect. It's yeah. like we want to be able to remember yeah. everything because that sounds awesome. I could just I would never forget a thing. I'd be so smart. I would remember everything that you said. Yeah, that'd be hell. Yeah, dude. you'd be you'd be wondering if I'm in hell, heaven or hell. Well, like, not only that. Yeah, you exactly because you. I feel like you're in hell. Did, did you just play a Did you just play a trick on me, God? Is this really <laughs> heaven? This is or is this hell? Like this is weird. And it would suck because nobody else goes through that hell. It's just yeah, you. It's just, yeah, like, it's God like definitely praying tricks shit. on you. You're the only one. Yeah, you yeah, and like yeah. 10 other dudes. Yeah. Like with the people with super memories. You could tell yeah. them 300 yeah. numbers in a row. They'd remember yeah, every they'd single be like, one. Yeah, I can do that too. Watch backwards. Backwards. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is like about these people <laughs> is. Me too. You're sitting there thinking about that receipt. Num- like how much you paid for that receipt. 28 years ago, it said yeah. 2837 on the receipt. Like, such random information yeah. would be stored in your brain. Dude, yeah. you don't want that. No. Like, there's so many things that you'd exactly. be thinking about that just be useless. Useless. And you can't stop it. You can't stop it. It's would, like a processor that just I has too feel many. I feel like I have too. I feel like sometimes I'm like a huge, like, overprocessed brain. Uh, that I can't like stop thinking about things and like, what's my next move? What's my next thing that I got to do? Where am I at? Where am I going? What is the meaning of life? What is, uh, what do I got to remember? And then like, you realize you spent 30 minutes thinking about yeah, those things. And it's like, and I, yeah, waste, waste half of my day thinking about what I'm going to do and like, and getting so bogged down and what do I got to do? And what do I got to remember and blah, 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 that I'm just like, I don't know if I can really make a decision at this moment. I'll get back to you. And yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, I got to go, like, do some yoga or something or go meditate for a minute, man. Like, just let that all go for a minute and then I'll get back to it. I think it's super important. I to- heard, too, just recently that forward movement reduces anxiety, but it has to be. I, I, I think the study that they did didn't involve forward, treadmills. It was forward movement, forward like going movement. for walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think it's simply like the act of engaging. Body emotions, yeah, space emotion. engaging with your body. Mm-hmm. It allows you to yeah. kind of reconnect with that. Body, I think that we get emotion, out of sync. Yeah, body emotion, body emotion stays in motion and body at rest stays at rest. I think it really has to do with our mind, our brain too. You know, we... There's yeah. so much underlying the current yeah. moment that we cannot even understand. Mm-hmm. There's depression, the, stress, anxiety, all of that gets built up, and then that creates sickness in your body because it's just it's all, you know. And it's like, yeah. So if you can try, if if willing and able, if you can do it, move. Nah. That's what I always say. Like yep. I mean, no matter how freaking down you are, just move. Get up and move just a little bit, whether it's just going to the bathroom, taking a lap around your house, uh, or, or just going out on the porch and getting some fucking fresh air for a minute. 
I feel uh, like people are more acquainted with this idea maybe now that they got locked inside for a year or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, I think now they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I do like going for walks. Me too, and this man. And I like yeah. being outside of my home. Like yeah. It really made people realize the things that they, yeah, they, yes, they, they enjoy beyond yes. just the security of of complacency. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we took it we took it for granted uh, a bit and um yeah, when when it got kind of stripped away from us a little bit more than we ever thought it would. Uh we're like, "Oh, bet. Um you know what? Fuck my house. I've been in that place for too long. I'm going to go out and get some fresh air." Like I, I my car broke down a couple of like a couple of days ago or like about a week ago, but I work like a mile or two miles from uh, my house so it's like the most beautiful walk and like if i had like four people be like yo i hope you fix my car or fix your car i'm like cool uh yeah just let me know no rush dude i'm good dude i like walking i'm good it's like beautiful walk it's perfect time spring is helps coming. that you can make it to work with the walk yeah right? <laughs> yeah it's a nice walk yeah, yeah i'm not like walking you know across like 10 miles which i've done before in in certain other situations in life um, but, but there's something about the the walk I'm, itself that yeah, is. But the walk, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the walk itself, you know, wakes you up and uh, gets you mo- gets you moving, you know, uh, gets your everything moving. Mm-hmm. You get to, uh, you, you're never gonna find a five dollar bill on the ground in a car. Oh wow! Hey, great point. <laughs> you're also never gonna step on glass. Shout True. out Flint, Michigan. Hey, bro. That's that one thing drives me nuts. I take my dog for walks around here. Yeah, it's like we have to avoid glass, dude. Bro, I don't know Please where stop, else you got to deal with this, but Please it stop. blows, bro. It sucks. I, I I just don't, bro. Especially bro, in the just, winter. Just or wait until you get home and throw the bottle yeah. away. Like it's not fun. <laughs> it's not people, cool. People, I walk my dog. Don't you care about my dog's little paws? Yeah. Come on, man. Exactly. And my little paws, too, man. I'm trying to stay grounded. Sometimes I like to go outside when I'm, like, uh, and I like to be out with my bare feet in the summer. Like, and I'm, we can't do it with that. Yeah, dude, yeah, I feel you that's why I'm always wearing. Super careful. Yeah, I'm the same way. I thought about, I saw a video that said it's, it's healthier to, to walk without shoes. And I'm yeah. thinking, I can't do that where that I live. It sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I know. I live right across from K&J. And it's just constantly stuff, peep bottles. Uh, glass bottles that are being thrown out of their windows. Like, how are you throwing these out of your window? Like, there's this thing called a Kroger bag. Just put it <laughs> in your car and just put that. Okay, put but my understanding the, is the, that it's paranoia that the cops are going to pull them over, so they have to throw the bottle out because no, if they don't, there's a bottle in their car. Now, I might just be making excuses for them, really? but that was the only way I could rationalize Man, it in my no, brain. Nobody's going to get arrested for drinking them. Uh, yeah, bro, you know Calypso, where you live. A Calypso <laughs> juice. I've seen Calypso juice drink glass bottles smashed all over around my house, man. And those are non-alcoholic. <laughs> so, right. You ain't gonna get pulled point. over for that shit. It doesn't They're matter. All smashed all over my house. So yeah, man, my excuse, crazy. I guess, is completely wrong. But, I mean, it's a good theory. I mean, but we shouldn't Take those theories, like what we hear for, like, now I am now I can be like, yo, man, fuck that shit. I ain't keeping anything in my car. I'm through this glass. Don't do that. No. I mean, to me, it's depressing. It's depressing. It, it's like, it shows that it's a reflection of how they think of themselves and they think of their surroundings, yeah. in my opinion. Like, it's oh, like, you think of yourself like as just, 
Yeah, and then they're not they're not considering others yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. I agree, yes. but I think like in the end, it's like the, 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 it's it's all of that. They're not considering others because they've just accepted this they're idea. Their own God. That they believe in the total they're their own fun. God. Exactly. Philosophy. And they're the, they're, they're, so they're an over an ego inflated uh, first person character in their life. That's a great way and to look at it. <laughs> they're, the, they're the first person, they're the main character. And, and, in, that, and in that nothing reality, what is the secondary, what, what's the what consequence? Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. Nothing. If you don't see it, if you don't, it, does, a, does a tree really, does a tree make a noise in a forest if nobody sees it? Wow, yeah. that is exactly yeah. it. You know, You're right. like, uh, if you don't see me do it, I didn't do shit. You might I smoke real quick? Uh, we'll just have to take, take a little break. pause. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you, you can pause it. All right, so we'll be right back, folks. We're taking a smoke break. I'm gonna smoke. Sorry, <laughs> we're addicts. Yeah, that says FBI, and then like three things. So like, he's like, I never get pulled over because I have a, a Marine sticker, and it's FBI nine four six. His thing is, wow. So it's like, if a cop sees me, like, fuck that. I'm right. Like, that is. Genius. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately, it's all about, like, they're looking for pointers. That's all the cop's looking for is pointers when he's driving around. Yeah. So, as long, if you're, like, you play some classical or, music. Or, like, uh, <laughs> MI6. Uh, or, like, like some, try to figure out, like, the most, like, uh, like, the most uh, obscure police, police code or something, like, uh, undercover agent. Oh yeah! Like like, if you what's can... the code for an un- undercover case? We got a down one thirty four. If you can figure <laughs> out what the cop's safe word is, yeah, if you can just yeah. figure out what that figure is and put it on the back of your car, you could do. You'd it. be set. You're never yeah. getting pulled gotta over. Gotta find somebody who's got a fucking police scanner. Actually, I know a couple cops. I could ask. Yeah, just ask around. I will. You could be a detective. I, I like talking to people. I'm I'm a pretty good detective. I get a lot of stuff out of people's. Uh, brains because they all think I'm fucking crazy and maybe I am in certain ways but I don't mean no harm but it's also like I don't care what you think I'm gonna I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna ask you questions and I'm gonna I want to know the only way to be interesting is to be interested yes and it's like if you're not interested it's like you're not interesting. You lose. I lose interest in people when they're not interested in me. Like if you're not interested in me, it's like, ah, cool. That was good to see you, man. All right, man, be well. And then I go on to the next person who's interesting and asks questions and engages and shit. And I, I try my hardest to just be interesting or interested because I am interested. But I feel like it's one of the quintessential things to keep people interested in you like, yeah really even if they don't like you like it's okay sooner or later they will yeah like if you, you just be like yo dog that's cool man how's your mom doing yeah good did you have a good christmas and like, and, and the way i think about that is like just think about how you feel when yeah, people ask about you when people ask about me yeah, yeah. exactly i mean that's such a jerky thing to like just go through life and just be like oh i'm just so self-involved and, see i i agree uh, with you like, but at the same time i think it's I mean, it's, I it's more often than not most of us are going through that most of us are just 
I mean, it's kind of why that works. We do want to talk about ourselves more than anything, and we yeah, get yeah, so yeah, involved yeah, yeah. in that. So, so it's like finding that balance. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I just think you know everybody's somewhere on the spectrum with it's, that. It's extremely important uh, to do, but it is an extremely hard thing to do. And the only reason I I mean I started um, I I went to I I worked for a company in Belgium, um, an optical company, and I would have to go to like these crazy uh i had to go to acting class in france one time it was the funniest thing in the world it was so weird uh acting class in acting france class, class. sounds like a setup to like, a stand-up routine weirdest <laughs> thing it was like this really like strict french lady who is the instructor and everything and i was like so intimidated but i was like man i'm gonna fuck the shit out of your french ass but i was also like dude this is so weird. I've never been to France before. I'm here. I don't know how to speak French. And I didn't even know how I got this job. I just applied for it like two weeks earlier. And they were like, you're going to France for acting classes. I was like, what? what? They're like, yeah, it's just kind of like a general like um, class to like help you with like uh, conversation blockers and like problems that will arise mm. when it comes to and like being stronger about having those those adult conversations because you're going to be dealing with uh owners of the businesses and these are smaller businesses but you're gonna have to talk about some touchy subjects every now and then because we need to make sure that we hold the right amount of uh like stock share in like it was an optical company, and we we were like an extremely exclusive company, so we would only sell to certain boutiques, like small mom and pop boutiques. Okay. Like we didn't sell online or anything like that. It was just to support the the higher end, high end eyewear boutiques. This is like higher end than like Gucci. It's like it's stupid, like stuff you don't even know. How'd you get into this? I, How did this happen? <laughs> I was working That's so random I, compared I, dude, to so random. <laughs> like so from random. what how I know you, like yeah, I, from, know, dude. I would never guess that. I when you said Belgium, you just threw me off immediately. Life, <laughs> I have a weird, weird oh my god, I have stories. So how did this all happen? How did you get into this? So I uh I my I, I grew up uh my mom and dad got divorced when uh I was like in fifth grade. My dad died really young. So I had like, it was basically like just my mom. So she was just a waitress. So she didn't really have tons of money. So, and I was, and she raised us Jehovah Witnesses. So we, it was like this crazy thing where they were like, no extracurricular education, uh, just trust in God and he'll see you through. And I was like, chill out. Like that ain't the way the world works. So I was like, man, I want to go to school. Like after I graduated high school, but my mom was like, I can't afford to send you to school. I had no idea how to even apply for anything. This is again before the internet. Anything. I just was like, I don't know. And so I was talking to this neighbor of my dad uh, before he died. And she was like, I uh, work at this, this school where you don't have to pay any money and you can learn a trade. It's like a trade school uh, thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went and checked it out. I was like, in the craziest hood like right on uh like down like north saginaw or north north martin luther king i couldn't even drive i couldn't even park my car there when i went to school there because they were uh 
too nervous that I would, my car would get stolen. So I would have to like take, I would have to park my car in Kmart and Beecher and take a bus to the place. But I found there was an optical program, like a dispensing optician program. Okay. So it basically taught you how to make glasses. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing. I didn't know. I, I guess there's people who make glasses. That's crazy. And sounds kind of cool. I mean, I, I, I get, I mean, I like the whole idea of like, I'll be Benjamin Franklin, dude. That'd be cool. I'll be the modern day Benjamin Franklin. Like, I'm going to. Like, You're going into it with aspiration. Yeah, man. I was like about, I was like, man, I want to learn about the, like the physics of how lenses work and how sight works and how the eyes work and all that kind of stuff. And, uh. So I did it, and I, I was pretty serious about it, and so my teacher really liked me. Because I was, like, the one student who was actually serious about it, because this was kind of like a, it was a, it, you didn't have to pay anything to go to the school, but it was, like, a last resort for kids who were going to go to juvie. Um, or they could go to the school. So there was, like, a lot of people, a lot of kids who came from out of town, like Muskegon, all over Michigan, and some from, like, Indiana and Ohio and stuff like that in Chicago, um, and they would all, they all stayed uh, at, at the school, and they, they did their trade school, and it, it basically, if they, like, got their hours, then they wouldn't have to go to jail, or juvie, or whatever, um, and, like, they would get off of drugs, <laughs> it was like, yeah, or, like, stay out of the streets, because you couldn't leave the premises, it was kind of like a weird, like, juvenile, like, jail, almost, I was, like, the only... I had to, like, fight tooth and nail. Like, when I went there, I was... They were like, yeah, you can come, but you have to live here. I was like, hell no, I'm not living here. I'm not going to be... No. I live, like, seven miles down the road. Uh, I can dr I have a car. I can drive. Um, can I go still go here? And they were like, no, we don't... We don't let, uh, like, people who live at home come here. And I was like, that's crazy. And then they changed their mind, let me do it. So I was like the first person to get to go to the school and still live at home. But I couldn't park my car on the parking, in the parking lot because they were afraid it was gonna get stolen. So I would have to go to the Kmart in Beecher at five o'clock in the morning, take a bus with a bunch of crackheads to North, Sag or North Martin Luther King and go to the school for this optical. But I took it serious, and nobody else did, so my teacher really liked me, and uh, I learned the shit out of it. Like, I learned how to cut lenses, I learned the whole idea of, I learned the um, theories and um, anatomy of the eye, physics of how lenses bend light and how light transmits through our eye and sends signals to our brains and all that stuff. I learned all of that. Then I learned how to, like, Fix glasses, repair glasses, cut lenses, uh, generate like the curvature in the actual uh, piece of glass to bend the light properly to provide the prescription that the doctor requested kind of thing. And uh, so my teacher was like, yo, you need to go work for the shop in Ann Arbor. It's my friend's brother. He's looking for an, for an optician and you can do it. And I was like, I can do it. I learned all of it. Yeah, I did. I learned it all, man. I didn't learn it all. I didn't learn, like, the street part, smarts part of it. But um, I ended up working at this uh, optical shop in Ann Arbor 
uh, downtown for like 10 years. And it was like a high end, like a higher end optical shop. Um, and they carried like some pretty, like in the optical industry, there's like this conglomerate company called Exotica who basically like, all they do is basically buy, like they'll buy like the name Dolce & Gabbana, they'll buy the name Prada, they'll buy co the name Coach, they'll buy blah, blah, blah. And then <coughs> they'll buy the rights to the, the logo and just slap it on a pair of like uh, 10 cent uh, frames that were made in China. And so like the quality is really shitty, uh, but, they're, but they buy all the name brands that people love. Like all like the general public. How so did they get away with that? Just negotiations, contracts, and money. Um, okay. But they became like the the major conglomerate. There's like three of them in the optical industry. So they're like in the optical industry. There was like this other group of people that were like, "Fuck that noise! We're gonna make eyewear that's like handmade, um, hmm. way cooler, way artsier." Way more interesting, way, way more fashion forward, but way more um, like uh, exclusive to like the real true opticians and like the real true optical shops, boutiques that really celebrate uh, the idea of like fashion, but also function and like really take pride in the whole idea of lunettes. Like lunettes, it's 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 a weird thing, man. There's like a huge history of. It. I mean, it's it was a pretty pretty big uh, thing for us to be able to see, and then like the fashion side took over it, and they they always say you know like the first twenty seconds and the first twenty inches of what somebody um, like that's the first twenty seconds and the first twenty inches is how somebody makes their initial judgment on you. Uh, yeah, I was taught 10 seconds. That's what I was yeah. taught. So it's like right here. Yeah. So it's like, do you want a really crappy pair of glasses? Or do you want a pair of glasses that's, that are dope that make people go, dude, this dude is badass. Isn't that hilarious? Because the first thing I said to you when I saw you today was, I, those glasses look nice <laughs> yeah, on you. thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> that is literally, like, when I, as like I greeted him, that's what I said. These down glasses that I have, too. That's the funniest part about it. But, um, but anyways, I uh, ended up like working at this crazy higher-end optical shop in Ann Arbor, um, and I became the buyer. So all the reps that would come in and uh, they would show their new product, all these handmade eyewear, all these guys from like France and uh, everywhere around the world because it was all exclusive. So like with us, we would, if we sold to your boutique, you had to, you had to buy a certain amount of frames. You had to properly represent, represent our collection. But if you did it and you sold the frames and, and you had to get sell through, uh, and the business was going good, then we wouldn't open anyone up else in your city. So, like, if you were in Chicago, you would be the only optical shop that has this company and this company. Weird, um, kind of uh, but that's risky the, business. Like you said, the exclusivity factor. Risky business uh, model, but it really, really worked out. They did it. They were, like, really bougie about it, and they were, like, no questions asked. We, if you're an optical shop that's bunk, no. 
You I think people would want to get in on that just by yeah. the model. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna be the and only their, one their in Chicago. Thing, yeah, and their whole thing was, and and they sold. Like we had like like I had I had ninety six different accounts mm-hmm. throughout the United States, and we were always the two optical companies that I worked for when I became a rep after meeting after working with all these reps who came in. This one rep was like, yo, I'm looking for a rep. I've always really liked you. Would you be interested in this job? And I was like, I, I don't know, man. And I sent him my resume, and he was like, you're right. And so he flew me out to Brooklyn, and he was like this crazy French punk rock dude. I was like, dude, I could work for you. Like, you are awesome. Like, hell yeah. He was like, all right, man, work for me. And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, all right, by the way, you're going to Paris uh, next week for acting classes. <laughs> so that's how it happened. All of that leads to that moment. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I get, I go to All that context really was necessary, too. <laughs> it really is. That is um, hilarious. That was, that was the short term. That was a short story. <laughs> it's funny how that guy just pops up at the very end. Too. Yeah. So, so he just, he, so you just met the guy and then he tells you that? No, he was a rep that he would come in and sell his eyewear. Him and his wife, they were like mm. crazy French uh, punk rockers and they had this brand called Annette Valentin. It was out of South France. So they There's, had a whole different brand. Uh, they, they, their mom and dad built, they made, they handmade these frames and they like built this brand from like the 19, like, like mid seventies. Okay. And it was like super fashionable, like Paris, uh, just really beautiful pieces. Was it, was it um, but simple, a Paris simple style? Simple and beautiful uh, all at the same time. Was it a Paris style, like a style you'd see in Paris? Or was it... Yeah, yeah. They, they had two flags, flagship stores, oh, only two stores in, uh, in France. One in Toulouse, South France, and then one in Paris. Um, okay. And, those, and all they sold was just their eyewear. They didn't sell anybody else's eyewear. And so wow. they were like bougie like nah man i was better and they, they was like french they was like french french people are like bad like they're like we're better than everyone <laughs> they, yeah they were there they're super cocky and confident and awesome but they were super charismatic and great people lovely people give the shirt off your back they're back for you but also just like if you don't want our shit you don't deserve it <laughs> yeah like they would tell me like don't sell it like I would, the hardest part of the job was. I think telling, Italians are kind of the same people, way too. Uh, a lot of Europeans are like that. I mean, especially if you're getting into exclusive stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and the other company I worked for was out of Antwerp, Belgium, and they were called Teo Eyewear, and they they the main distributor was out of Brooklyn. It was like the United States distributor for Teo Eyewear, and and Annette Valentine was in Brooklyn. And I was the Southeast United States rep for them. Ambassador as the Southeast United States ambassador. For Sounds ta- cooler that way. I know. They, I would always say I'm the rep. And they're like, no, you're not the rep, dude. You're the ambassador. Oh, I'm glad they knew that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah, they were so like, much more they professional. Like, it sounds yeah, like you're like official, me. you know what I'm yeah, saying? They were, they were really good about gassing you up. Like, yo, dude. Like rap it, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, cause they're and, like they're they're down, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were and they weren't they weren't backing down, man. They went through it to build their company. So uh, they were like, fuck that. Like, don't take shit from anybody. So we were kind of like the punk rock, uh, like optical uh, company. That's cool. And it was and yeah, it was really really cool. I got to go to so many places. I got it. Got to travel a shit ton and. 
go to a lot of really fun parties and meet a shit ton of people. And really, I got to go to Milan and Paris and uh, Belgium like three times a year and obviously New York and go to Las Vegas every year, which was annoying. But... What made that we annoying? Just, we what was annoying we about just Vegas? Make fun of it because it's just like the most like unauthentic uh, uh, city in the world. It's just so plastic. I've heard a comedian say fun. like it's crazy to him. Like he's going he, like, a bunch the, of French nobody. He, he made the joke that nobody grows up in Las Vegas. Yeah, because it's like just imagine growing up there. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's like the fakest like city ever. Yeah, it's like everything is so overprocessed and dumb and so big and plastic. It's like, yeah. Ugh. So, like, <laughs> It's the most so one of the like, most American things I've ever seen. Yeah, though. absolutely. So going with like a group, like a group of ten French dudes. Yeah, that are oh, already yeah. super fucking confident <laughs> and ego inflated and being the one American. I dude, can see that. I can see that. The funniest shit in the world, dude. I just I just sit back and giggle, dude. I'd be like, you motherfuckers, they're just hating. Just yeah, hating, just and, talking, and the thing is, like, you can't even French. disagree. They just yeah. they just see it from like, those I, different I, I eyes. Can't, I, I, I can't speak French. I mean, I, I learned like a lot of swear words, uh, like oh, putain, and like uh, I like the basics, but I don't know French, so I'm just like watching these guys like the whole time working. I'm just like fucking seething and just laughing and just making stupid Americans. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> this place. So do they even speak English? Yeah, they did, but you know, for the like French people or uh, European people, this was my situation. Okay. Whenever I was with the, the the whole crew, which was about ten French people, and me, so I was one American, and uh, everybody would always be like, "You man, how does it feel to be the coolest American to be able to work for this French company?" And I was like, "Man, I tricked them," uh, <laughs> but. Uh, they would talk, like my boss would be like, everybody, everybody, speak in English, speak English. Seth doesn't speak French. And everybody was like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And they'd start talking in English. And then like three minutes later, everybody would be back to speaking in French for like three hours. And I'd just sit there and just like laugh because it was, I didn't know what they were saying, but it was just their, their laughs were so intoxicating. whole lot of like, nonverbal communication yes, there. a lot of nonverbal communication. And it was just funny to watch, and uh, and that just and it would give me the amount, or it would give me the flexibility to just kind of do what I wanted to do, explore, uh, meet people, and uh, there's something interesting about that, just acceptance of not understanding. Too. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I'll be back. I just went and I met this person. They were teaching me how to say. Can I have a cigarette in French? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that was a good time. It was like, uh, sorry, about 20 minutes went by. But here I am. Glad you found me. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. Um, Did you have trouble with that in general while you were in those different areas, just with language and the barrier that would present? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it, was, it wasn't troublesome. It was extremely interesting, though. It was... Uh, the, I worry about that. It about was traveling to foreign countries. Yeah, it was weird. Um, the weirdest thing was having an accent. That was weird. Oh, because it's a giveaway. Uh, yeah, and, and it's, it, everybody and else sounds different. Some people would be like, "I love your accent." And I'm like, "Really?" 
Like my <laughs> accent? I oh, yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I don't have an accent. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I do. I guess I do. Like, you probably don't hear anybody talk like this very much. Um, Isn't that weird? Because as Americans, we just think we talk clear. We just think this is like the yeah, normal. This is the only way to talk. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I never really thought about it too much. I never would have thought I would ever hear those words come out of a beautiful French woman's mouth. But dude, what blows my mind about that, too, even, is like that extends just within our country. Like, you go to the South and they all sound different. You it go to. changed like, my we, life, dude. Yeah, it to really. To realize how, how small of a fish I am in the mm. global scheme of things. We take. We look at this life and we think this is it. Go overseas. Wow. Your whole perspective will change 1,000%. And you're right. You can see it in the United States. If you're, if you're traveling, you know, everybody's kind of got their nuances, you know. Uh, Boston's got their style. New York's got their style. Southern people got their style. Us Michiganders are the fucking OGs. Uh, West Coast people have their shit and yeah I mean and that's just the United States now I mean we have a huge world out there we always gotta remember and it's like it's hard to like really grasp that because we we just get so caught up in our day to day life and this is it because this really is it I mean it really is but when you get put into that situation where you see it and you don't have really a choice because you applied for the job and you got hired, so you can't back out now. You just gotta gotta go with the flow. And as scary as it freaking is to do it, and I was doing it all alone. I was like, I have no budging clue what I am doing. Like, but I I gotta what? I gotta fly to Paris, and then I gotta take a train to from uh, Paris to Brussels, and then I gotta take another train to Antwerp, and I. How do I even do that? Like, I don't, I gotta fly alone. I've never flown internationally. Uh, so I was like, dude, this is gonna be weird. And it, it was scary and hard and weird. I mean, there was times where I was like, I have no clue. And working for French people, they're like, uh, so laid back. But also, that's sometimes a little bit of a problem because they wouldn't give you the proper details like you know you like kind of like went in a little blind sometimes or like they'd be like get getting drunk watching a soccer game during uh you know like the cup tournaments or whatever and but that was that you know that's the culture i mean it's like laid back it's not like google calendar blah 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 it's just like but it's like know it figure it out we did you can and it put me in a lot of places where I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Like, I remember going to, the, going to Paris the first time. They gave me an address. It was Rue 47 1632. There would be this lady meeting you at, the, at a gate. And I got out of the cab in a, on a street. That I had no idea. I was like, I think this is like the place before cell phones. Uh, but it was like super, super high end, uh, retail shops and shit. And I can't find a 
fudging apartment or a place. I don't even know where I'm going to stay. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm going to just stay in a little box. Uh, I don't care. I'm going to Paris. Like, cool. And, uh, and like, I couldn't find anything. And I would, like, ask people, and they're no, knowing glass, like, all that. So then people would just look at me like I was crazy because I had my, my suitcase and shit. I'm like, I have no idea where the fuck to go. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm in Paris. I'm lost in Paris. <laughs> Alone. This literally. is great. I'm literally lost in Paris. I think I'm in the right place, but I have no idea, and I don't know how to even figure out how to know if I'm not in the right place or if I am in the right place. And if I'm not in the right place, wh where do I go next? Right. right. What, what do I do? I don't know even east from west. I don't know north from south. This is like, I don't even know how to speak the language. I don't know what, I don't know where the highway And um, I remember in, I can't remember where I learned this. I think I took a philosophy class for a short amount of time and I learned about cult culture shock. And there's so many different ways to experience it. But one of the best ways is to just get dropped Immerse. into a foreign country. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you that's culture shock yeah. right there. I mean, yeah. everything is so you foreign to it. you. Yeah, it's yeah, like you're yeah. on a different planet. And everything worked out. Yeah. It, was, it was chaos. It was scary. Uh, but, like, right when I thought it was, like, completely lost hope and was about ready to fucking die of a panic attack. Well, yeah, uh, dude. Because you're by yourself, I, too. It's not like you got anybody like, right that, from your family like, that you can call. Oh, my God, I'm or... about to break down and crap. Boom, 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 man, don't crap. Be strong, Seth. You'll get through this. Somehow they'll come find you. Is that like, the voice in your head? Yeah, the voice <laughs> in my head. Then, like, some lady would be like, are you Seth? Oh, sorry, I'm late. Uh, you can come this way and then take me to my hotel. And then it'd be this really nice hotel. And, or, like, a house. Like, on the countryside, or right, right in the middle of Paris. This is like, this is the craziest thing in the world. Like, I get to just hang out here with all these people that I Never met. I don't know. I don't even know their culture. I don't know how to order food. I don't know how to speak language. I don't, I don't know. So I just got to figure it out. And it was fun. I mean, it was scary, but it was also extremely fun. But the language barrier was very interesting because um, the one thing that I noticed was uh, tone of voice. Because when I, the first day I went to Paris, when I finally got to this dang... Uh, house that they got us. I had to stay there for seven days with this guy from Paris who doesn't speak any English that I've never met before. So I got to stay there with him for seven days in a, in a house. And I was like, this, I don't really like meeting new people. Um, this is going to be so weird. This is going to suck. So I'm expecting the worst. And it turned out like we became like best friends um, in the long run. We like, we like, he's like one of my brothers and I have like 20 dudes at any day if I went to Paris now, like I could stay at their house and they would have me as long as I wanted. Well, you uh, miss every free. shot you don't take folks. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. you get, you get, you build up these things in your brain, like something's going to go bad and then you just, yeah. You, like you just and imagine if you would have, just imagine if you would have heard that and then decided, but no, I'm not, not going to go. I'm not going to yeah. live with another guy that yeah. I've never met. It's a good thing you took that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, we became you, you really developed all these relationships. Amazing friends. But the one thing that was weird, he went, he learned English really, really, really quick. Oh, really? Like, it was surprising. I was like, dude, hats off. I could never learn a language as fast as you did. He was really good. He was, like, starting to even, like, get it down before he even got to 
or like got to me, but he was like, I've been learning by watching subtitles and movies. I heard English about that. I heard people stuff. do that now. Yeah. With Netflix, they'll even just turn uh, the subtitles on. And yeah. I didn't think like, of, I've never thought about that like before. That like helped him a lot. Well, um, I, I just wonder how, because to me, I've always like, like I've always struggled with learning languages. Immersed, but, and, and he was still like really broken English for sure. Yeah. Um, but he ha- we had enough uh, ability to communicate to realize we felt each other. Like we, he was a DJ, we liked a lot of the same music, uh, appreciated a lot of the same art. Um, obviously, we were working for the same company, respected each other's style, and just general, we're here. And he was a brand new rep, too, at the time. And we were both like, hey, we made it. We did it. Here we are. So it was like mad respect as far as that goes. But he didn't understand my uh, tones, like when I was being sarcastic. That's one thing I had to like really figure out. I had to be really careful with that. Like, well, British like, humor's dry. Motherfucker, chill out. He wouldn't understand that I was like, motherfucker, chill out. Like, come on. Like, he would think that I was calling him a motherfucker and telling him to chill out. He like didn't understand the fluctuation type shit. And I was like, dude, no, I'm not trying to be a jerk, dude. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, like, that's like it's slang, but I get it. Like, I, I don't understand your guys' slang. I don't understand your fluctuations and shit. Because there's a lot of that it, in any language, there's that. Yeah. That, I think that's probably the hardest thing with any language and like the lost in translation process in the beginning is just understanding the difference between suck a dick or suck a motherfucking dick. You know, like. The, the, you know, like, shut up. Yeah. You know, or shut up. You know, like, that, those, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, again, it goes back to, you know, the your whole body language and everything. But that's extremely hard to lose in translation. I mean, you can learn all the adjectives, the nouns, and for blah, 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 the, all the way the sentence structures and how it works and everything like that. But the culture... You mean a motherfucking hip-hop dude from Paris who's just, like, spitting like he's, like, from Brooklyn, you know? Like, yo, Donnie, chillin'. How you living, kid? I bet. Good deal. Yo, flat out. Stay up, homie. Like, what the fuck did that motherfucker just say? Like, to somebody, those words don't go together, but you understand it if you're in the culture, you know? But if, if you're immersed in it, and I, 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 it was the same with me too. Like people would be really, uh, I was like, you guys are muck, you guys are making fun of me, aren't you? You know, like, uh, and I, I started learning some French words, but I was like, I get what you're saying, but are you guys being serious? Are you guys just fucking with me? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't really know. I can't tell. Yeah. You know? Just like how they would with you, because yeah. they don't know the American yeah, exactly. version of sarcasm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I got to imagine a lot of that is just cultural. It all just stems from, like, the way they behave. Yeah. And, and who you're around, who you, who you came up with. Yeah. You know, where you're at. I mean, it's like this, it's like that in America. I mean, think about how much of a bigger scale it is. That's why it's so strange when you go all the way south and it's different just because it's still technically the same country. Over there, it's so much smaller for each country. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's another thing too. I mean, that 
That's the craziest thing. Like, it's America's like, a lot of countries in one when you kind of think about it. I, I mean, know. it's not the same here as That's it is in a lot of other parts. I made an argument with them. I was like, you guys, chill out. You guys are covering more territory, but... Uh, Texas is like the size of Europe, bro. Yeah. So um, that's one state that we have. So I'm going to need you to calm down and realize that I got to drive from Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland. I get it. You don't understand how far it is from Baltimore, Maryland to Texas. And then you get to Texas and it says, welcome to Texas, San Antonio, 999 miles. Like, what? Like, okay, cool. I made it to Texas. I got a thousand more miles to go. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> How long would that take to drive? Do you know? Shucks, man. A thousand miles. Luckily, it was, I think it would uh, be like 12, really dead roads 10 so or 12 mi- hours, right? Yeah, it was like 10. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, if you're driving responsible and not being... It's a long time. You've entered Texas, you still got 10 hours to drive. there's really not a whole lot to see once you get out of, like, Houston, or the big city, like Dallas, Houston. It's basically just fields and oil places, and it's, like, weird, like, Lucky's and Whataburgers, you know, and, like, a lot of rednecks. And nothing, really nothing. You don't even see, like, even, like, traffic. There's no traffic really much. Um, Yeah, it's just, like, really dead it's like you know like a lot of places but just such a long span yeah i'm still in texas (laughs) we've been in texas for days i've been driving i can't feel my arms anymore i don't want to die in texas (laughs) i don't want to die here too many cacti (laughs) i've never been to texas no sadly you ever been out of the country uh, no. Well, yeah. I've been on an Canada. island that was half Canada and half America. That's as oh, close as I've gotten. Okay. And I mean like an island. Like Think it was island. a novelty type of thing where they just like, it's on the border. So they call oh, it. Are you like, did you go to Niagara Falls or something? No, no. I'm talking literally just a tiny little island. Like my mom had a boyfriend at the time. Oh, who had really? a boat. And so we went over nice. there. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But I was so little, I barely yeah. remember it. So, like, that's as close as I've gotten. I mean... Have you been around? Oh, and I've been in Detroit, and I've looked at <laughs> Canada. <laughs> <laughs> have you been Have you been uh, to a lot of places in the U.S.? Dude, not really. And, like, it's something that I feel like... I don't know. I know I need to explore more, but at the same time, I like I, I like the way things are going so far. That's rad, dude. I've been everywhere, dude, and Flint is my favorite place in the Really? Summer. I mean, if I lived anywhere else, I'd probably be New Orleans. But uh, okay. I like Flint. Flint's rad. I mean, I've been, I've lived in a lot of places. I've been everywhere. And I, I don't really feel like there's anybody more real than the people in Flint. Michigan people. Uh, just genuinely real. Whether it's good or bad, it's just real. Now, do you think that's a Midwest thing, or do you think I it's... I think it might be a mid, more of a Midwest thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know that... Like, if you go to... I'm sure that if you go to, like, Somerset Mall, there's going to be a lot less real people. I don't know. Flint just feels real. Yeah. It's, it's kind of maybe, like, the downtroddenness and the DIY um, kind of, like, uh, spirit that people have around here. I think it kind of... Um, a reality comes like, from... we got to make it better. Exactly. And... Even though we're the hood, we're going to, you know, we're going to look out for you. Uh, and no matter, yeah, I mean, I feel like people, I mean, there's some knuckleheads, of course, are always going to be. There's a, knuckleheads everywhere. Everywhere, you know. But for the most part, like, I've had some gangsters, like, roll by and be like, yo, 
Hood's looking out for you. I'm like, respect. Hood likes me. Crazy ass white boy. <laughs> Which is cool, man. I mean, I feel comfortable, but I'm, you know, respectful too. I'm not like getting in people's business and shit. I know the ways of the street, which I think every, a lot of people do who have moved here or who live here, who have lived here for a long time. It's like nobody's better than anyone else. There's not a lot of like uh, pretentiousness. I've seen a lot of that in my travels. You get a lot of it. That's one reason I'm scared to go to L.A. L.A. seems like the epitome of that. Oh, my God. I've heard. I've, I've never been to L.A. Oh. because I don't. I've avoided it like a plague. I just don't. California. What are, you, are you going to L.A.? No. My, um, my mom recently offered to take me. Like, they, she went. It already happened. But she was going to, I believe, oh, I can't remember where the exact location was. But it was inland in California. You should just go hours. to experience it, though. Because I, mean, I bet you'd be, like, a cool experience. Oh, yeah. But this is that's why I want to travel a little bit more. Just because yeah, to see the contrast of everything. Places. Yeah, just to see the the difference in culture. I mean, New I, I was going to awesome. also say that um, you would the, love New Orleans. If you've never you think been there. so? Yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah, you'd fit in perfect. Why is that? Uh, it's, just, it's just a good. It's uh, this guy told me that New Orleans is like a big black lady. It'll either it'll it'll either grab you, hug you, and bring you in, or it'll spit you the fuck out. And that's exactly it, man. If you're real, that fucking city will take care of you, and the people will be there for you. Uh, but if you're not It'll spit you the fuck out. And uh, it's beautiful because it kind of cuts down on the, the <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, just a lot of real people, like similar to Flint, you know. Uh, just uh, a lot of really funny. I met a lot of really interesting people in, uh, in New Orleans. Um, I spent a lot of time there working and I ended up, uh, one of my clients was this crazy old dude who was uh, actually Hunter S. Thompson's next-door neighbor in Aspen. Um, I got some pretty funny stories about that, if you want to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> really we want to hear one. those stories. I got a really good one about that. But uh, he, like, when I first went there, he, we just, like, clicked. He was a crazy dude. He was an Olympic downhill skier. He went to, he lived, he grew up in Aspen, and uh, Hunter S. Thompson was his next-door neighbor. And Hunter S. Thompson, and I, they grew up, and he was older. He was like, uh, like 65. But he was like, he, he, he uh, toured with Neil Young, played bass. So like whenever I'd go there, uh, he owned an optical shop called Art and Eyes, and they'd have like, it was a boutique on Magazine Street, and they'd have like skeletons and like voodoo dolls, like everywhere and stuff on their um, window displays. So they were like artsy and fun and uh, eccentric. Very eccentric. Um, and Paul Wilcox, he was like, uh, he played bass with Neil Young. And uh, he was an Olympic downhill skier. And he was next door neighbor, childhood next door neighbor, and best friends with Hunter S. Thompson. Um, so, needless to say, an extremely interesting, well-traveled man who had went through a lot of very crazy situations. And he would, like, every time I'd come to New, or or New Orleans, yeah, he'd, like, always, like, smoke me out. He'd, like, have, like, two joints. He'd be like, yo, come listen to me play bass. And I'd just, like, sit on his bed and smoke a J and just watch him play bass. Do, 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 do. I'm learning how to play this song. Yeah, and I just got this new bass guitar and some rig that 
telling me all the weird schematics about it that were like so beyond my knowledge. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but that's awesome. And it sounds really good. <laughs> but he like uh, took me kind of under his wing and introduced me to all these like really crazy people. I met like a bunch of people who were like really rich, but they were like, uh, New Orleans is a weird place because you can be homeless and be comfortable. They were like homeless, uh, like by choice. Like they, like they had money. How would you be comfortable in what way? Uh, like the, you, it's like very like open, like people like, um, like if you, if you've been there for a long time and you've, you've grown up there, it's like our door is open if you're a local. Uh, or if you're a good person, if you're with a local, our door's open. And they have washers and dryers and they're 24-hour bars. So that makes a big difference. And showers in some of them, too. So, and it's, like, pretty nice weather all the way around, all the year round. And it's, like, everybody's there. So you can always couch surf somewhere. Like, ev like every single time I've went to New Orleans, I've, I've always got a hotel and I think I've stayed at my hotel like, like five times out of like the 50 times that I went there because it would always end up just being like hanging out at somebody's house and a group of people would be like, yo, come back to our house. We're having a barbecue. We're making some jambalaya. We're going to make a bunch of crawf crawdad oil. <laughs> just crash in somebody's house on their couch and wake up and be like, see you guys later. <laughs> Go do my thing, you know. And so it was like, yeah, very much like that. Um, so it was very interesting, uh, that whole aspect of it. But, um, yeah, New Orleans is awesome. If you ever get a chance, go. What other things do they have going on there? Like, what are some activities one would I mean, do in New Orleans? If I were to go, what, what could I look forward jazz to? Jazz Fest Ooh. is a huge thing. When I mean, is that? It's yearly. I think it's like, uh, I think it's like March or like spring, early spring is obviously Mardi Gras. You know. That's the one. Yeah. Um, but, like, the whole area, it's like New York. It, like, never sleeps. The energy is just, like, always, like, breathes. The yeah. City breathes, you know. And it sounds and positive. Like, it sounds like a positive south, yeah, environment. It's down south New York, so it's, like, not so, like, jaded New Yorkers that are, like, Ugh! fuck the world. There's too many people in this world. We don't talk to anybody. Nobody's fucking anymore. Fuck New York. We hate everyone. Uh, which I get it. I hate New York. Ugh, ugh, no, thank you. New Orleans is like, got the pulse and the energy of like a place like New York or San Francisco, but it's still very uh, sexy. A little dangerous. A little something sinister to it. But uh, also like, fan, you know. Yeah, and I think that that I think that's kind of like the. That's kind of how I feel about my love for Flint. You know, I don't feel real if I don't have like a little bit of urban decay, like a little bit of chaos. Like if it's too nice of a place, like nah, dude, this sucks. Yeah, boring. Yeah, <laughs> I need a little bit of. I want to see a domestic dispute. <laughs> and just I want to step outside of my house and I want to see something go down. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, then am I really living? Yeah, is it exactly. really happening? Is it really happening? <laughs> I mean, like, 
I feel really, like for real though. I mean, like this, I, I've been in places where I've lived where I'm like, this is is this really happening? Yeah. Or am I in a simulation? Like this is stupid. Like, yeah. These are all boring. Like we're talking about this again. See, okay, so this is what I was gonna say too. Is I the one the two places that I've really been to are Florida and Chicago. And Florida, I haven't been there in so long. I, I guess I've been in like a couple oh, yeah, other, a couple felt, select you, places. Like you I just think, fell in love with recently with Chicago, right? So you this is where we're headed. You got me. You already yeah. know where I'm going. But um, Rocky Mountains too. I think I was there a long or Smoky Mountains. I was there a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Chicago. I've been there so many times recently. Yeah. Probably like within the last two years. Did you? I think record, I went did like you record a video four there? or five times. I've recorded two videos two there. Videos. So far, and I've got another one on the way, folks. That's what's up. Keep an eye out. Hey, Practically magic. I did yeah. it just for practice. I push what I preach. A pity to put it past this. Don't think about it like a W. <laughs> but yes, so that is uh, on the way. And yeah, I I just find it to be every time I go there, the it, it makes me feel like there's more life happening there than yeah. what I'm used to here. I just yep. feel like more surrounded by things. I feel you. And I, I don't know, um, I know that's not for everybody. I know there's plenty of people who it's, it's would good. not be attracted to that it's at all. It's good when you're young yeah. and you and you got that, that, that hunger and you're ready to do it and you haven't been to many places. Yeah. Do it. Experience it. It's I, 1,000%. Um, but sometimes, yeah, it can get, I mean, for some people it's just not. Like for me personally, like, I lived in Houston for a little while, uh, Houston, Texas, and Chicago and Houston are, like, the two most highly populated cities in the United States. Chicago, I think, is, like, number one, and Houston is number two. So many people. Everything takes so long. Everything. Like, we can go to, the, we can go to Kroger's and get through a line in, like, like five minutes. And and probably still be annoyed because it took five minutes. Or like go to Taco Bell and it'll be like, man, I had to wait eight minutes to get these tacos, man. Like forty people in a Taco Bell line in Houston, like and everywhere. It's just so hard. And like the the expressways are like uh, eight lanes wide. There's just so many people driving the same way and just so much. Uh, yeah, the traffic's insane. Traffic's insane, and uh, so much potential for error. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a great way to describe Level, it, too, because leveled. it's like, magnify what you have now mm -hmm. to, like, 200 times that. 500 times that. Because, I mean, one, one thing, I went with some friends recently who had never really been outside of Flint, even, yeah. right? And they're there, and they were so... Um, Put like they they were very surprised by how often they were hearing sirens. Yeah. Because like if you're downtown, you hear sirens during yeah. the daytime on a sunny day or a warm day. Yeah. Probably every yeah, about, th twenty minutes, maybe thirty. About ten times the capita per people in Chicago than like I really like. A, a, I don't know exactly. Well, I've tried to do I the math. I, think, I haven't looked at this. I, I actually think, think, I don't think but. the population density is as crazy as other places with Chicago, but I think it's just that, like, it it's depends on what area you're in. Yeah, and all. Like, when you're I, downtown, I Chicago, it feels I dense. I know Chicago um, was, they have a really good, a really well-planned-out infrastructure. Yeah. So it probably works well for the population. Houston did That's not. what I've heard. I've heard Houston's Houston a lot. Just, 
built on top of buildings and everything's bigger in Texas. Just do it. So don't what, think about it. Is that what it is? It's, it's just, just kind of sloppily yeah, put together. Sloppily put together. Uh. It's like one thing leads to another, and you're like, "What is what? How?" And, and what? Like Nothing. when you're driving around, this everything is streets in what ways? Horrible. Like the streets are. You think Flint streets are? I mean, Flint streets are pretty bad, but dude, sidewalks in freaking insane. Like I've never seen sidewalk. I was like, how in the world do sidewalks get this bad? Like. The weather's not even really. There's no winter in Houston. What is it that makes the side? Are they just destroyed? I, they, what do I you mean? There must be like some kind of like land rise up or something. They're, they're like so insane. There's like destroyed. Yeah, they're, and they're like, uneven. Uneven, like just jacked up. Like oh, uh, so you have to watch. Ev- your, you have to watch your step. But a lot of where like I lived, like in the downtown area, and I mean like a, a big part. But Houston's freaking huge. Yeah. So I mean it's like. Um, I'm sure in other areas, those sidewalks were just fine, but like, it just, uh, the, the, the expressways were insane. Like they backed up all the time because everything just bottlenecked. It was like spaghetti junction type stuff where it's just like everything goes into everything. And then like, there's, it's uh, like every road has Four lanes, or like five lanes instead of, or like six lanes instead of four lanes. You know, like, it's not enough to just have four lanes. Everything's got to be bigger in Texas. We're going to have six. And so you can never get over. You never get over. Like, people can't see you. Like, people are pulling out in front of each other all the time. Uh, You're just constantly, like, on defense. You can't enjoy (laughs) anything. I wouldn't even drive, dog. I luckily I lived like a uh, like a, like about a mile from my work, so I just walked to work, dude. And I lived in a pretty cool area, so I could walk to like get food, go to the grocery store. There was a skateboard shop down the street from my house, a couple of bars that I went to. I was good, man. I could walk everywhere I wanted to go, dude. Well, let me say, and, even uh, with Chicago having the better infrastructure, I wouldn't want to bring a car there because I've yeah. seen the traffic. I'd rather. I had walk. a car. I, I don't think. I think I drove it like. Uh, I gave it to my friend. I was like, here, you can have it, dude. I don't even want it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it was just wild. I was like, no, I'm good. Driving here is stupid. I, and then parking is another thing. Like, if you wanted to go somewhere, you can just park for free. Like, it was always $8 for parking and no parking lot available. Everywhere you go. There's so many people. Yeah. Everywhere you go, yeah. And, or, like, at least $3. Um, but it becomes something you have to budget into yeah, what you're Yeah, and also think about and, like, do you even want to deal with that if you can just walk and, like... Now, do they so have good just, enough public transport if you the, used a bus? The public transportation was pretty good. Yeah, that was that, that is one thing I can say about it. Because that's a big um, part of it. But it's just so big. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's kind of hard to... It was, I was only there for, like, two years, so that was, like, really intimidating for me. And, like I said, I lived, like, in a pretty centralized area where I could just be cool. It was like, but when I would have to like, go to like Lowe's or go to Ikea or something to pick something up or go pick up a friend at the airport, I'd be like, I'm gonna die today. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die. This is it, fuck it, all right. And Ubers didn't exist back then. I don't have any say in this. God willing, I'll make it there. 
Or not. Kids don't know now. They can just call an Uber <laughs> yeah. on their phone, man. Yeah. Like, you had to go chaos. through that back then. Like, if you if you had a friend and they needed to get picked up, yeah. there's no other choice. Was like, map quest it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Print out a bunch of pieces of paper. You're, like, trying to read them and shit. Like, not only that, you're dealing yeah. with the crazy yeah, traffic yeah, exactly. on your way. Like, ah! What is going on? Bro. Oh, no. No, Let's no, hope we no. find each other. I bet it was a learning experience. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I realized after I went to Houston that I like the city, but I don't like that big of a city. Um, I do enjoy the energy of a city, though. Um, and I like, I, I, loved, I love New York, going there for like two weeks. But after two weeks, I'm so ready to go. Like... Does it drain you? This place. What is it about it? Yeah, it drains you, and it sometimes I, feel, I think I feel I always say I feel like New York turned into like a bike lane. It's like everything got so like safe and like so gentrified and yuppie yuppie-ish, where it's like nobody even talks to each other. Everybody thinks they're cooler than everyone else. There's no good conversation. Everybody's rude uh, because nobody cares because nobody talks to each other. It's just like consumerism, uh, just do your thing, which is cool. Like, handle your business. I get that. Keep your head low. You know, mind your business, stay in your lane. That's cool. But, like, when, you know, you don't have any, like, lifelong friends or, like, your fam's not there or whatever, and you're just trying to be in a new city or whatever and trying to meet people, it's like, I don't know how, I think I, there was this bum by my uh, apartment the other day that was kind of cool. He actually like made eye contact and like waved at me. I'm gonna uh, go talk to him tomorrow. Yeah, 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 maybe he'll be my friend or something, but yeah, I don't know, yeah, I couldn't do it. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I love the whole idea of like the, the amount of stuff to do in New York and um, the culture uh, and the, all the different cultures and the melting pot of everything, but it was like everything just seemed so complicated. Yeah, it wasn't simple anymore. It's like you go to a pub, you go to a pub, you got to check your coat, you got to pay two dollars, then you got to make sure you keep your ticket, and then if you don't, you know, and then like uh, um, just yeah, and then everybody's like on a fast pace. Nobody wants to stay at one place for too long. It's like why can't we just stay here? Like, what are we doing? We're like chasing the white rabbit. Like we're going to the next spot. Why? To see the same exact thing as we see right here. Like, good just luck. We're it's never going to catch it. an abundance of things. Yeah, like, exactly. It's always like, it's just, you've never reached the bottom of it. There. You're never going to reach the bottom of it. So yeah. it's just like, so nothing special. You know, it kind of just becomes like all like, you kind of lose the moment yeah, when you get yeah, lost yeah. in the chase of that. Yeah, because yeah. it's there's, like you, there's you'd no rather golden just... leaf there. Yeah, there's no cool like there used to be like OBG or uh, ABC No Rio, uh, CBGBs, um, the Upper West Side, Danger, Sex in the Parks, uh, porno shops and shit. Uh, peep shows, all that cool CD shit that made New York, New York. Nothing's there. It's like TJ Maxx's and fucking H&M's. Yeah, it's got sanitized over the it's years. It's boring. It's like, what? Anyway. I think that's... And nobody, yeah, and everybody's like too safe. Yeah. Like, they still think it's dangerous, so like everybody's like over cautious. 
And it's like, so like the police or like bouncers are like really like nervous. <laughs> I didn't even do anything and I got in trouble. Like, what the fuck? I think I got more, I got more in trouble in New York than I've ever gotten anywhere, trouble anywhere in my life. Really? Yeah. I th- like, see. That's like what I'm, af- I'm afraid of that happening that when I go to Chicago because get, I've heard of traffic laws trouble. being very, very. Uh, I'm on yeah. top of them. So, but but I, I say that because I imagine it's the same experience yeah, in New like, York. Do you have a lot like, of traffic? Like running traffic running across the street or something like that, and not using the jaywalk or something. You know, like just shit that you do in cities. Like, uh, and there's nobody coming. There'll still be some asshole be like, yo, motherfucker, no, you got blah, 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 blah. like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I know who I am. I'm an adult. I, I know how to cross a road. Um, it's almost like there's just so many hall monitors everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. So many hall monitors that it's like, uh, it's like, okay, all you guys, stop. They're just killing the vibe, man. Yeah, killing the vibe, yo. Can't have a good time when yeah, you got, man. like, you jaywalking all of a sudden. Yeah. You're getting treated like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, I'm that, crossing the street. There's nobody on the yeah. road. Like, Let's out. be real here. Yeah, and it's <laughs> New York, man. This is supposed to be a punk rock, rad, like, dangerous, uh, cutting-edge fucking spot. Yeah. Where all the cool new shit happens. Now it's just becoming just a, like, a cesspool of people who... Don't know how to uh, like really do anything. Um, that's like, I mean, and, and not everyone, because there are there is pockets. I'm sure um, of some really, really, really inspirational, awesome people there that are doing things. But I don't know if you could ever get as um, intimate with the community anywhere there. Um, as you could at like in like smaller cities. Yeah. Because it's just like it's like so come and go. Like who who are you? Like I don't there's like a, four thousand people on my block. Like how the fuck am I supposed to know you? Like, why would I know why would I wanna know you? Go like you're running for what? Seventh ward? Okay. Whatever. Who even cares? Like Words mean I'm nothing. Worried, yeah, I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm worried about my borough, yo. Like, yeah, I'm worried about like my street. It's like nothing matters because it's like so big, and I think that's good in a way because people, you know, rep their spots and everything like that. But I think it's hard for, like, it, everybody just kind of stays in their spot, you know, like the people from Queens don't really go to Brooklyn anymore. The people from Brooklyn really probably don't even go to Harlem anymore. Uh, people from Harlem don't go to Bed-Stuy anymore, whatever, you know, like the boroughs. And that used to be the beauty of, of New York where you could just, you know, go to Coney Island and gawk at chicks and fucking make trouble, underage drink and smoke weed and shit. Now, Probably fucking get put in a fucking penitentiary fort or something. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a quota. <laughs> yeah, man. I worry. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's like, I think the culture just kind of heads or, in that direction. Know, people are like judging you for being dangerous and a little racy because they're just trying to be too cool and hip. Yeah. It's like, uh, shut up. 
Like, focus on yourself. Yeah, focus on yourself. I'm yeah. gonna get weird over here, man. And that's what's <laughs> cool. That's cool. That's cool to be in a city and be yourself. Yeah, be yourself. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna cause Especially any, in a city, because there's so many, many other problems. people, you know? Yeah, I mean, you want to yeah, represent yeah. what you are. And and you really nobody you're you're invisible in yeah. a way. Because nobody gives a fuck and you're never gonna see anybody anymore. So it's like just live in the moment. Yeah. I, I was reading um because I'm telling you, I've been on the Chicago kick for a minute. I was, I got a Reddit, I think I was on the Chicago subreddit, and they were talking about what's your favorite thing about living in Chicago. So it's a bunch of people from there so just saying what they like the most. And one person said that they like the just walking and kind of just blending in with this sea of yeah, people. Yeah. And it's just, there's something humbling get, yeah, about that. It, yeah, so it's kind yeah, of the opposite yeah, of what I get. I get no, yeah, I get that. I yeah. get the whole psychology of that, too. And the people it works probably for a lot of people. But for me, personally, it's like one of those things where, yeah, I feel like it's like, man, I just, maybe I dream too much about other people and, I think if I lived there, I just keep on, and I I think that's what happened in a little bit in Houston is I just kept on like daydreaming about people and just wondering who they were and just never meeting them and just gone and it was just like just a continuous passerbys. You're a ghost. It I never like, ends. I'm a ghost that you just walk through. Like uh, that was it, and it never ends exactly, and it's just like. Maybe you'll say hi to somebody when you hold the door for them at some place that you're never going to be back at. Um, Perry, Texas or something. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But that's about it. I I mean, yeah. I kind of lean towards the whole, like, it's like what you were saying about the main character and secondary character thing. I like the, uh, the sense of being the secondary character in such a grand narrative. I mean, to me, there's something yeah. nice about that. And, and yeah. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like, I, and and it's just interesting because you're somebody who's went there in this environment and, and realized it wasn't for you. I'm hoping I have the opposite reaction. I mean, no, I, I think it's on it. my radar. I, I'm well, going I'm to do it. What, I do have uh, about five friends from Flint that all moved to Chicago and they absolutely love it. They've yeah. all been there for ye- multiple years and they wouldn't move back. And I've tried to get them to move back. <laughs> uh, but they won't. They really like it. So there's something going on there. It so, must just be, it's, it's one so of the, it's a good spot. I mean, one of the a, best spots near yeah. here. And you still got like the, you got the water, you got the, the countryside a little bit and you got, and you're close, close to home. You too. still got that Midwestern these, energy. Yeah. I'm going to use the restroom. Oh yeah. Go for it. Um, <laughs> Hmm. Let me let me sing to you guys while he's gone. Let's think. Let's think. Um, um, let me think of a good song. Mama, ooh, I didn't mean to make you cry, but if I'm not back before this time tomorrow, carry on, carry on, as if nothing really matters. <laughs> Um, what else can I do for you? Um, um, I know you love me. I know you care. Just shout whenever and I'll be there. You are my love. You are my heart. And we could never, ever, ever be apart. No, are we an item? Girl, quit playing. Well, we're just friends. What are you saying? Just take another look right in my eye. My first love broke my heart for the first time. And I was like, baby, 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 no. 
baby, 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 no, oh, baby, 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 no, thought you'd always be mine, mine. Um, how does it go? Uh, when we were just, I can't remember, uh, I can't remember, guys, how does the ludicrous first start? Uh, nobody can compare to my baby. You're not gonna, ain't nobody that compared to my baby. Ain't nobody can't baby too. Ain't nobody that compared to my baby. Ain't nobody can't. Oh my gosh, guys, hold on, hold on. Ain't, ain't nobody that compared to my baby. Ain't nobody came between us so could ever come above. She had me going crazy. Oh, I was starstruck. She woke me up daily. Don't need no Starbucks. She made my heart bound and skip a beat when I see her in the street and at school on the playground. But I really want to see her on the weekend. You know she got me dazing because she was so amazing. But now my heart is breaking because I just keep on saying, man. That's a classic, y'all. That's a classic. That's undeniable. If you think that's not a classic, I'm sorry. You're wrong. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Some things are just true. Hate to break it to you, but you're wrong. What is up? I was just filling in the empty space. I feel I saw the opportunity. I sang a couple of songs for I heard him. it. So what are you working on now? Right now, I am I'm focused on singles. That's what I'm doing lately. It's just singles. I feel like uh, it, as a smaller artist, it just makes the most sense to not try and focus on a large project and just drop singles and promote the hell out of every single I drop. Yeah. Just and, and that's what oh, I was doing with do the that? rummage video, the one that you saw. We divided like a W, V yeah. to V. Yeah, that's yeah. just me, because I've realized, like especially with TikTok, that's a big way that a lot of people. It, it's like you just grab a clip of a song and then you just make a little my, m tiny music video and you do that you can do that over yeah. and over and over again do you have anything in mind for a passion project in the future at all like <laughs> not sure like something that you're like man I'm gonna do a a, a K-pop band somewhat yes because what I've done before um, one of my best ideas I think I've had is I oh dropped boy, a project oh here we go <laughs> I dropped a project called Constellations Volume 1 yeah and the idea is that at the time I was doing this thing where every album started with the word con. Okay. So con artist was an album and then I had Constellations Volume 1. For those that see it on my streaming services, Questions Without Answers, that is a mixtape that is not an album. Ew. Okay? But that was what I was trying to do at the time was con, con, con. That would be the, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be the I don't know if I'm going to carry on because like that's just such a conceptual thing to do. But, Conceptual albums are cool to do every now and then. Yeah. Well, it's just then I'm 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 putting myself in a box you because got something. That's and like, and the reason you have like a passion project, like your ultimate uh, Magnus Opus. Well, I'm like, getting here. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, so yeah. okay, so we got the cons. We got the con thing I was doing, and that's because Ruse Ruse Con, like yeah, yeah, yeah. con artist. Yeah, yeah. Con artist is, just goes right with the name. Do you Ruse. know magic? Do you know any magic tricks? Wait, we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. So. The album's called Constellations, following Con Artist, and it's Constellations Volume 1. And the idea is that the stars are coming together to form a bigger picture. Every song on the Word. album is a feature. Like, I'm working with someone okay. on every song. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, I, Constellations Volume 1, which I have released, has, I think it was around 15 other people on it. And it's just me reaching out to people and having one person, at, one feature at least, on every track. Yeah. And again, it's like, to me, what it illustrates is that when you, you, as one star, 
you know, in sure. a constellation, you're only one star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of these stars come together and Makes make something bigger than themselves. Yeah. And to me, that's what collaboration is. That's what working with each other is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's this natural thing where we form a constellation and we don't even realize it. Yep. It's, yeah, it's the yeah. magic that's in between us. And I think that that's what projects like that can represent when done correctly. Yes. You know, you, have to, you have to go into it. Correctly, man. What's it'll that? Ma- it'll make babies if it's done correctly. It'll make best friends. It'll make worse enemies as well, too. Yeah. Uh, if it's not done correctly. So, yeah, it's like one of those things. I love uh, I love um, collabing with people. So Constellations um, Volume 2. That's the yeah, next that's big gonna thing. That's going to be here, yeah. Because I've that's, done the first your, one. your uh, your uh, short-term Magnus Opus? Short-term, yeah. Because I don't know what the ultimate goal is. I mean, the, I think, oh yeah, okay, I can tell you. The ultimate goal is to just make a difference in as many people's shit. lives as possible. Oh, okay. As simple as that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just want good. to affect people in a way that is tangible to them. Yeah. As many people as I possibly can. And I hope that's in a positive way. But even if it's not, I just hope that they learn something from what, what my existence it's, provides to them. You know, that's my ultimate goal in life. And so good. through my music, through my art, that's, that's still the thing that, that bleeds through. That's what persists. It's just this constant, I want to inspire something within somebody else. Yeah, that's what's up. That's and what's and up. when I do, it means the world to me. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me what I do it for. Yeah. So That's perfect, man. That's awesome. And, you know, if, you're not, if you don't have haters, if you're doing something wrong i agree so with you that. can always like you're always gonna have somebody but like uh, i think the most powerful the, like the, the most the strongest personalities are the ones that are controversial they yeah. are the ones that have yeah, the most haters i like that shit man yeah like if uh, you hating on me man awesome yeah that's great you should be getting uh, yeah, that type you should of feedback be hating on me because i'm doing it right now man like so, yeah, in order awesome. to be outside of the box you have to have yeah haters. it's like uh yeah that's i mean like uh even like with like actors and stuff like that, like oh, the bad boys of yep. Hollywood, the, the, it's so hard to work with Val Kilmer, or it's <laughs> so hard to work with Christian Bale. It's like, yeah, because like it's so hard to work with Jim Carrey. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're like a super method actor and you're getting into a character for like, and you're committing to that character, like Andy Kaufman and shit, like you're going to... Yeah, you're going to be hard to work with. You're yeah. gonna, and you're just going to have to deal with it to see the genius that comes out of it once you realize what I just did, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and somebody like Jim Carrey is a great example yeah. because, like, there is, like, so much that goes into somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, you don't just – you can't just grab that off a blank slate. He's no, He's such yeah. a – he's got a great mind. Yeah, he grew – I mean, and he grew in, into such a – Freaking amazing, like, yeah, method act, like that whole, like, uh, Andy Warhol thing. Well, Andy Kaufman, or man, Andy Kaufman he thing. blows, yeah. the, he's that one of the most, he's one of the uh, original inspirations of mine. He'll probably always be one of my biggest inspirations, yeah. just because yeah. that's what I'm talking about. What Gallagher I said about wanting Andy to inspire Kaufman. a thought within yeah. somebody, wanting to inspire a difference, yeah. that's yeah. what Andy Kaufman was yeah, ultimately absolutely. about. He didn't care if it was a negative response. Yes, he actually, he went for the negative yeah. response. A lot it's of the just, time. It's just to shake it up and yes. get people to start, yeah, paying attention and, ha, 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 did I get you or did or maybe I didn't get you. Maybe this is the truth. I'm a pathological liar, but I'm an apologetic pathological liar. <laughs> well, it's to the point where if you, uh, if you look it up on YouTube, Andy Kaufman, there's like one video I that I can find. I think there might be two, but there, I think there's two videos out there where it's like, the real Andy Kaufman, and it's just him talking, but it's like the most genuine we've ever seen him on yeah. camera. Because most people never really met the real Andy Kaufman. That's how 
in sure. tune he was yeah. with what he was, it was doing. Like a, it was yeah, it was a it was a it was a it was a heightened old, personality yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly, it was a ruse. Yeah, it was a ruse. And dude, <laughs> that's that's really it. Like that, when, when people ask me what does ruse mean, I say it's that it's reality is not what it seems. Exactly. Nothing is what it seems. Yeah. Everything's a ruse. Yeah. And someone like him highlights that. Yeah, he like absolutely. he pokes at the whole concept of exactly. everything and that's with what, what made he's it doing. Beautiful. You know, that's what made it beautiful. That's he proved that it's like like if you just stay confident, like Fuck you! Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. If you're convicted in yeah, what you are. If you're convicted in what you're doing, yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? Uh, I love I love people who... Um, he was definitely like a, controversial. But I could only imagine it be it would be really hard to work with people oh, like that. Well, I know if it were me in the room with this dude, oh my God, I would appreciate the crap. I would but appreciate I would be like crap <laughs> And I'd be like, dude, that's the funniest shit in the world. Oh my God, Yes. <laughs> Um, and uh, it's also interesting just in the way that it's reminiscent of uh, professional wrestling and the whole concept of heels and playing the bad guy. Like, yeah, he, he kind yeah. of popularized that in a whole different medium. Yeah. Just in real life. He took that idea of being a heel and, and was <laughs> yeah. the heel in real yes, life. absolutely. I mean, and he's the first person I could think of to do such a thing. Ever, yeah. Ever. Yeah, I mean, even like, yeah, just the stupid, crazy uh, antics were amazing. And anybody that's like that, man, I just, I admire so much because it's like, yeah, they commit to you. Do you. Yeah. Because you know what? It gets pretty boring when you're trying to do everyone else. Like, you're trying to do it for everyone else. Like, that gets really mundane and stupid. And who like, wants to you. be everybody else? Yeah. Do you really want to be everybody else? Because if yeah. not, then just do you. Yeah. Do you. Like, yeah. Uh, I like uh, this guy, Harmony Corinne. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Kids. Gummo. Yes, I have not seen those movies, but I've heard about them. They're on my list. I I think I was exposed to kids at a young, young age. Yeah. I had no clue what I was looking at. He's a very interesting uh, kid. He's just a very interesting man. Is he foreign? Uh, no, he's from... I, I, I'm not exactly sure where he was born, but... I think he was born in, like, Ohio or Kentucky oh, really? or something weird. But he lived in New York for a while, but he had just, like, a really crazy life. Um, and he's... He's always been, like, extremely true to himself and, like, I, I'm going to let my freak flag fly and I'm going to do things my way. I don't care what you'd say. Um, and he did, does and did and he's just, he's so freaking fascinating, like a pathological liar, which is very funny to me because it's like, he's like, life gets so boring He's like, I like to just go places and just lie to people and just see how far I can get with it and stuff like that. And I'm like, that is so funny to me. Like, uh, that, yeah, I mean, his brain is just weird. Uh, but he makes beautiful art and beautiful movies and stuff. And he's just like one of those very uh, inspirational people to just uh, do you, you know? Yeah, it reminds and, you what uh, people are. Yeah, it's like, it's possible. Yeah. Just be, be you. Like, they, two of the funniest, three of the funniest uh, interviews on David Letterman are uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And then the other two are uh, Harmony Grin. Have you ever seen they Joaquin so, Phoenix's appearance on yeah, David Letterman? This is the, the one, it's pretty clear. They're, they're, those are all up there pretty good. It reminds me of Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. Harmony Grin's is dip, different, but it, it's like awkward. It's like cringy. Okay. And it's, 
and Harmon, it's so, it, Harmon is, he's like on acid, like tripping balls on acid. Uh, I believe is the story that I heard on it, on it before he went. And he's like the, like the second time he went. First time he went, he was like, uh, he's just like a super, super quirky dude. Um, but not apologetic. Um, and the David Letterman interviews with him are so this is so good. So yeah. good. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. And it's it's the same thing, you know, like Andy Cotton. But it's like, that's the thing. I mean, like, if you're going to be a genuine artist, you have to have a little bit of self-integrity and realize that, like, I know what I'm doing. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. I get it. But this is my vision, and I'm going to do, do it my way. Now, you can do your thing if you want, or if you want to help me, that's cool. If you don't, I'll figure it out. But, um, I think the more clearly you see your vision, the better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the more you, uh, the, the more clearly you communicate it to others and um, stay focused on it, the better, for sure. I, th yeah. I think those are very, very pivotal things to create something that's going to be good. So you're going to do it, dude? You're going to do it? You're going to fucking, you're going to change the world. Yeah. Yeah, man. I plan on it. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I, I have faith in you, homie. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I seem to. I feel like uh, I'm getting there. You know. I think I inspired Let's change on a small here. scale so far. Yeah, man. So you know, and and to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that in that's my goal. Just because to me, that's what that's the purpose of life. I mean, what are we doing if not pushing each other in some direction? Yeah. I mean, that's why we that interact white, with each white other. Boys can rap. What, say again? Let me just show them that white boys can rap. I mean, show, I'll show them all kinds of things. You go, you go to my OnlyFans, I'll show you something else. Ah, shit. But I just feel like we have so much in ourselves that, and so many people get caught up in anxiety or yeah. this idea that they're not unique, they're not special, and, and just yeah. they naturally are, no matter where you are yeah. and who you are. We're There's always, just something in you that separates you from everything else and we were all the fastest that, swimmer at one time man yeah at one time we were all the fastest swimmers so no matter how bad you feel about yourself realize that you were the fastest swimmer out of a million little sperms <laughs> so you're good you're a winner yeah you're a fucking winner and and also what i like to think about recently just what i was thinking about i was going for a walk and i was thinking damn dude it's crazy that i can even send a signal to my legs and move my legs. Like, I'm not even yeah. really thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just doing <laughs> That's it. That's cool, man. Like, I just had this Me epiphany too. as yeah. I was going for a walk. Like, the fact that I can even do that is the wildest thing in the world. It I'm is not weird. like how do you how do you send a what signal you have to your what leg? You didn't have like a nervous system or yeah. like a brain stem or spinal cord or like if that was uh I mean then that that's that's the Thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and, and and we're talking like, and there are people that have, there are like, what well, I'm I bet a select few people who have had like reduced nervous, like people who can't feel certain things, yeah. they can't feel heat. Yeah. That's a thing. You gotta stay away yeah. from stoves if you can't feel heat. Yeah, but like it's just the ultimate miracle of being able to move, lift my arm up and and move it yeah. without much effort. Like, yeah. I, I think that. In that, there's just something, it's like what we were saying before, there's something so perfect about mm -hmm. that present moment that yeah. you're able to exist in. So it's like, what's the point of even wanting to, to care many, about anybody else's moment? You, know many, you are that present moment. You don't are, have anything beyond that. It is what are, it is. How many people are in the, the, the world right now? 
I, th- I guess it's eight million. I'm eight guessing. Eight million around there? Billion, I mean. Eight, eight billion. billion. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, you're one in eight billion chances that everything came together to make why? Yeah. You know, and like I'm one in eight billion chances that everything came together at the right time to create Seth. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all that. And comparison so. is the thief of joy. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, just know that you get, just own it. Yeah, own, <laughs> own it. Own the gift. And I think that's a great way we could wrap this podcast up is with that sweet little message for the people, right? Is there anything you want them to... uh, Man, I just appreciate you letting me come through and and jibber-jabber with you, man. And uh, I guess I'm playing a show on March 17th, uh, Tenacity. We're doing a a compilation album uh, release party, listening party. Uh, They're doing a show there, and that's about it. And this new pterodactyl breath. Just Weiss Venue Vorsoth. <laughs> yeah, how are people going to find your music, too, uh, if they don't know? It's, it's Just Weiss Venue Vorsoth, which means it's French for I'm here to see Seth. So I'm, it's French for I'm here to see Seth. And how would they spell that if they're typing it in? J-E, or J-U-I-S. Oh, wait. J- <laughs> J- J-E-S-U-I-S Venue, V-E-N-U, V. O-I-R-S-E-G-H. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Well, I'm just I, making it's, sure it's, the it's folks weird know. It's weird because uh, I didn't, it, it's, a, it's the first time I ever did a solo project, and I didn't want to just be like, I'm, hey, I'm Seth. But I also didn't want to be like, hey, I'm a Band-Aid. Or like a yeah. basketball fight or something yeah. like that. Um, so I was like, I'm I'm here to see Seth. <laughs> Just Swiss venue for Seth. It sounds mysterious when you yeah. don't know the language. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, like, I like the French. I like uh, um, the French language. So it's always nice to pay a little homage to that beautiful language. So That beautiful yeah, place. Yeah, the beautiful place. Beautiful people. Where you once but, were, apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the folks that forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This man yeah. has been all around the globe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he was probably at your mom's house last night. I was at your mom's, yeah. All right. With that, we're wrapping it up. So thank you guys so much for watching. If you've watched this whole podcast, we appreciate you more than anything. You're a crazy person. You listened to us for, what, two and a half hours? What is wrong with you? I hope you learned something and maybe agreed with a couple of things. If not, you can leave them in the comments below or whatever you do. Yeah, look at him. He knows how this works. Leave it in the comments. Drop a like. Drop a subscribe. Make sure you drop smash that bell button. Yeah, man, we're here. We said we're here to debate. Yeah. Hey, start a debate in the comments. I will get back to you, okay? How about that? And he has his own YouTube channel. He will be monitoring the comments. We're ready to debate each and every one of you. I'm the master debater, so. Yeah, we are the master debaters all day. I can master debate I can master today, debate tomorrow. Day. I can master debate by myself. I can master debate with anybody i don't even care so all right that's it news radio clocking out